0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the show. A couple of things before we get into it. Um, first, I'd just like to say that this podcast is listener-funded, which is amazing, um, because then that gives us freedom to talk about everything and anything under the sun without worrying about our sponsors dropping us uh, and jeopardizing the production of the show. Um, the listeners, you, are directly funding this thing and keeping it going. And helping me create it. All the feedback from you guys. Um, and just helping me grow this thing together. has been fucking amazing. And I and I appreciate it. Um, so what I'd like to try to do. Is uh, help out the people that are helping this show. Or supporting this show. So my way of trying to do that would be. Um, if you do feel like you'd like to support the show. If it brings you any value and you enjoy it and you want to help keep it going in the production of it don't feel obligated obligated. but if you do and you want to kick in that's amazing and the best way to do that would be to purchase some all i need gear whether it, you try out one of our decks or our apparel um, from your local skate shop or if you live near a shop or, or don't live near a shop and they don't have you don't have access to it we have you covered with our online skate shop at allineedskate.com Um, and my way to kind of repay for you guys keeping this show going is to give you guys a shout out once you cop something. So, um, yeah, if you cop something from your local skate shop, just take a photo of whatever it is you purchased and tag us, uh, at All I Need Skate. Uh, It can be on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, or even YouTube. Um, and then if you cop something from our online skate shop, there's a section when you're checking out It says notes and you can just write anything in there whatever you'd like me to shout out if you want me to say a riddle or you got a joke or if it's within reason I'll read it it can be a little risque if you just want to laugh make a joke make me read something ridiculous Um, as long as it's not really hurting anyone else then I'm down even you know even if it's about me I'm be funny (laughs) Um, yeah that would be cool so with that being said uh, I want to give a shout-out to Trey Queen from Norfolk, Virginia, and uh, he writes, I've been stoked on your podcast for a while now. Thanks for what you do, homie. Shout-out Cardinal Skate Shop and Norfolk VA for keeping it real and keeping it local. Hell yeah. I appreciate that, Trey. And uh, hell yeah, big shout-out to Cardinal Skate Shop, man. You guys have been holding down for a long time, and I'm sure you made a difference in our in the skate scene down there and helped a lot of people out. and." I'm sure you guys got a vibrant community, so I'd, be lo- I'd love to go down there and check it out. I know, I believe in Carl, Carl Barad's uh, episode, we talked about Cardinal Skate Shop quite a bit. Um, yeah, let me make sure I cover that. Oh, we got, also I wanted to shout out the New England Am. It's coming up November 4th and 5th. It will be at the Edge Indoor Skate Park, which is one of the biggest skate parks here in New England, 30,000 square feet. Um, we have multiple di- divisions, 14 and under, 15 and over. Uh, we're introducing our Ladies Jam as well this year, and we got our Skate Shop Battle. Um, you can pre-register for the New England AM now if, you're, if you want to sign up for either the 14 and under, 15 and over, or the Ladies Jam. Uh, you can pre-register at allineedskate.com. Just click on the store link at the top of the page. It'll take you there. You'll pre- pre-register at 25 bucks for a two-day event, which is an amazing price. Uh, you get access to the park for those two days, and there's actually an after-party in between as well, and uh, you'll lock in your spot and save it. So I'd suggest if you're going to come to the event, do that. That's the best way to sign up. We'll have your name, and all you have to do is show up. We'll give you your bracelet, and you can get to warming up or skating in the park or whatever you want to do. And um, yeah, it's going to be sick. I'm really excited for that. The last three years have been amazing. This year will be nothing short of that. It's always like a great memory, and we filmed the whole event, the whole two-day event, so it's pretty rad to go back and look at them all from each year. Um, yeah, I think that's it. Our guest today is the infamous Leticia Umberto from Consolidated Skateboards. We talked about everything and anything under the sun, which I really enjoyed. Drive, 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 prosper, prosper, drive, drive, drive. And I was like, yo, this is crazy. Like, I, 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 I gotta get on, I gotta get on there i just love the skating and the scene rain rain go away all i need is a skateboard today
1: this is the shetler show featuring professional skateboarder podcaster and All-I-Need Skate Founder, Anthony Shettler. So
2: everyone was, it was hot. Everyone was
0: doing it. Yeah, they're looking for their dad's fucking metal skateboards in the garage. Yeah, exactly, like, dad. Yeah. on this thing.
2: Each episode brings you amazing discussions with interesting people from all walks of life. Kind of when skateboarding clicked for me, and you learn some tricks or whatever, and you get that appreciation from your peers, you know? The other skaters are like, holy shit, like, yeah, dude,
1: that's rad.
0: Admiration.
1: Dude. Yeah, the
0: admiration, or the, the affirmation.
1: Real recognition.
0: No, it's real If I didn't experience those crazy moments in my life Then these great moments would never be as great as they have been
2: Honestly, like for me, I just loved it Like I saw those dudes, I saw those videos And I was like, holy fuck, this is sick Yeah, This is what
0: I want to do All right. <laughs> thank, all right. You, thank you both for coming on the show. I appreciate it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Thanks. Yeah, for, thanks us
0: for up. having us. And it's pronounced Leticia, right?
1: Well, oh, no, I've Americanized it to so Leticia. My mom calls me Leticia, but.
0: What, what, what's the <laughs> nationality?
1: It's Mexican. So. But yeah, so I go by Leticia. Nice.
0: Um, all, right. all right. So I'm going to go back and forth between you two. Um, I'll already do an introduction before we get into it, so people will come in knowing who's on the show and whatnot. Can I call you Berto? Awesome.
1: <laughs> when I say Steve, I mean Birdo, sometimes I just have always called him Steve, so he's Berto. Okay. So-
0: <laughs> Alright, we're going to start at the top. I'll start with Berto first. When did you start skating?
2: Um, let's see. I was probably around eight years old. And it was just fucking around on, like a, uh, like, a banana board. And luckily for me, we had this, uh, this old hippie dude that uh, that lived down the street. His name was Craig Corson in the neighborhood. And he had a quarter pipe in his driveway. So, you know, we were just little kids. And we'd go to and We'd skate down there. And we'd watch him and his friends skate. And, you know, they're just trying to do wheelers. And because uh, so, this is back probably... You know in the 70s and so um so that was that was it right there that's what turned me on and then uh, i think my first real skateboard was a fiberglass z flex board nice. i remembered uh, this place called the skateboard wizard was the name of the shop where i got it and it was sick they they drill the holes you know and mount the trucks and you know i almost i can almost re- like remember the smell of the shop hell yeah that's pretty much when the love affair began and um you know and then just skating with friends throughout the years and uh friends in the neighborhoods building ramps and you know one of my best friends had a ramp in his backyard and so it was on
0: awesome and what about you how did you get into skateboarding
1: um i never skateboarded i've never skateboarded um my my love affair started with skateboarding with my brothers who both skateboarded. So then I would kind of tag along with them and throughout the years, um, you know, living with them. And then all my boyfriends always guaranteed surfed or skated. And then um, a long time ago, Berto and I started dating. And mm. then we don't know what, what we did. Yeah, let's clarify it. Yeah. We're not, we don't date anymore.
0: <laughs> well, you guys are at least you're mature enough to still be friends. <laughs> <laughs> it
2: was a mutual separation, so that was
0: cool. Were your yeah. brothers shredding? What, uh,
1: my brothers? Yeah, they, my oldest one used to skate with with Birdo in oh. high school, and uh, so so yeah, they were they, they were both they both shredded, um, surfed too, so uh, it was it was good. It was it was a great childhood, you know. We we grew up in a neighborhood where you know it was kind of a more like a fluent neighborhood, and then parents would leave town all the time, and so pools would get drained all the time, and we'd have keg parties, and just hundreds of people would show up, and parents were away in Europe for like a month,
2: you know.
0: This is yeah. er, this is Southern California. Yeah. yeah. Whereabouts?
2: It's uh, it was
1: Saratoga, California.
0: Nice.
2: And yeah, one one guy, uh, Eric. Eric, he was uh. He was epic. His his parents went yeah. His parents went to Europe, and he had a party at the house, and and uh, we all started talking about it. We're like, let's drain the pool, and so you know we're all buzzed and hooking up hoses, and you know the next day it had only gone down like two inches. So he's like, I got my parents' credit card, and they went down to the rental place and rented a pump and just pumped the pool down the street and the, the people from the city or whatever showed up and were like, what's going on? You can't do this. And and, then, and by that time we're like, it's already empty. <laughs> <Not> <laughs>
1: they, flooded, they flooded the house, the, their neighbor's house and stuff. They're like, sorry.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He and, was uh, epic. Just across their
2: sure. front yard or whatever. But So then that summer it was like, it was on. It was just...
1: But like people, like I remember Steve cavallero and all the, because he was from San Jose, you know, so just seeing him you know, parties and events and stuff and the whole San Jose crew, like Tim and um Gavin O'Brien and Corey and um Meekster. Meekster, like
2: what's
0: the what's the industry like then? This is like formative years, I imagine. It's been around a little bit at this time.
2: Yeah, so this was this yeah, this was uh, this was early eighties. So yeah, you know, and I, I wasn't in the industry at that time, so it wasn't until the later 80s, probably 87, that, uh, I ended up getting a job working at NHS, and, uh, I had moved to Santa Cruz, um, after high school, and was working at a pizza place, and wanted to work at NHS, I'd go in there if my board broke, you know, I'd get a, have warranty or whatever, and, uh. And I just wanted to work there so bad, so I'd go every week and bug them like, "Hey, you know, you got a job for me? You got a job for me?" And then pretty soon they said, "You know, we got to shut this kid up," and so they gave <laughs> me a job. And I worked there for uh, I think five years uh, till '92, and then that's when that's when I left and started uh, consolidated. But you know, it was it was really awesome working there because you know I started like the lowest. Wrong job you could have there, which was printing wheels at night. And it was freezing cold in there. And, uh, I remember it was like chemically and you just, you know, we're just flipping wheels over all night long. And, uh, we didn't get paid much. So we had peanut butter and jelly on the shelves, and, but it was insane. You know, break time. We'd all skate around. And, uh, and then the dude in shipping was like, when are you going to come work for me? And, uh, and I remember my boss, this dude, bio Bob, who's epic. Um, uh, he he was pissed. He's like god, want, every time i get a good employee, you assholes come steal them away. So, but you know, i wanted out. You know, the, running the wheel crew at night was like not that awesome. Yeah. So so then i did shipping and then I hurt my back and uh, and they ended up putting me in um, customer service and i would like drive around to shops uh, around the country and then uh, and then i did credit and collections and, like, accounting stuff. And so it was really sick because I got to learn all this stuff, which, you know, I didn't know at the time, but it was what kind of gave me some confidence to be like, hey, you know, I can do my own thing, you know. And it, and it was around the era, too, when Rocco
1: was,
2: was doing World Industries. And Rocco was, was rad in that he he empowered, I felt, like people like me to start their own thing. You know, he was like, I'm a skateboarder, I can do this shit, because going into it, it's like, you know, you're just a kid, and you just want to be around skateboards, and you know, and these guys are the businessmen, and and we're just skateboarders, and we just want to work around skateboards, and then Rocco kind of changed the whole thing of like, hey, you know, you're not just kids, like, you can do this shit, and he was a rat example, and kind of, I think... Help give us the confidence.
0: Yeah, that's rad. Because there, there's like a huge population of people that get into skateboarding today for sponsorship. You know, they want someone to make the dream happen for them or give it to them. And it's like usually it doesn't work that way. Because even if you do get that and you get sponsorship for a while, they can easily take away your stature or, or whatever things you've earned with those brands. You know, especially if they're only about numbers, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah, that sounds like a valuable experience at NHS. I know there's a lot of kids that would be fucking hyped about that situation. Because you could do that for anything. Like, you could do all that work for, like, a company that makes fucking paper or dildos or anything, you know. But to do it for skateboarding is rad.
2: Yeah, and sometimes I try to tell people, I mean, my my personal belief is if you can get in your head, if there's something you want to do, you can get a job doing it. It's like, they're paying you to learn you know, a lot of people, go, you pay to go to school to learn stuff, but it's like, you know, if you can shift around in your head, it's like, you're like, shit, they're paying me to teach me all this shit.
0: Yeah. You got to have vision and focus and, and an idea of where you want to go with it. A lot of people are just lost and caught in the inertia and momentum of life, and they don't even think about doing something on their own, which is kind of rough, you know? But, so, sorry to get sidetracked, but, um... So how did you get, how did Consolidated is formed, and how did you guys, you guys were already together at this point?
1: Yeah, I was, I was just the girlfriend at the time, I didn't, um, I wasn't, I didn't have anything to do with them leaving to start Consolidated, I just remember, it was so funny, like we were so young, you know, I was like 21, 22 or something, and you're 24, and, and he's like, okay, I gotta meet you, like, he's like, I, but, but we have to do it somewhere where we can't talk, you know, where, where no one can hear us talk. And I'm like, okay. And uh, and I remember we met at this little restaurant, and he's like, okay, check it out. And he's like, I think I'm going to start my own company, you know. And I was like, Brad, do it. You know, like, with not even, you know, you, you don't realize, like, the hard work that it's going to take, you know. But you're just like, I was like, yeah, go for it. I, I think it's a great idea, you know. And And then these guys just.
2: So, yeah, at the time it was me, and I was running speed wheels at the time. And then Steve Keenan, he was was a photographer for Thrasher, and then he worked at NHS and and ran SMA and Crux. And then Moish, who was an artist there, all three of us bailed. And uh, Alan Peterson and Karma, Corey Chrysler, and Jason Jesse came with us to ride for us. So we broke away. There was some drama a little bit. Um, I had taken over Speed Wheels, and the dude that was... uh, that was in the, the spot before me It was kind of, you know, it felt like he was getting pushed out. And, uh, so he, he had some, some resentments or whatever. So when we left, I remember, uh, NHS called and they said, Hey, you know, if you could like not let the cat out of the bag, because we have a whole bunch of these boards and we want to sell them. And I was like, no problem. I mean, it's going to be months until we're up and going and, you know, don't, you know, don't worry, I don't, I'm not gonna let the cat out of the bag or whatever, but this dude, this dude that had the position before and was bitter, caught wind of what we were doing, so he called all the distributors and, like, let he them He let the
1: them. cat out of the bag. Yeah, he let
2: the cat out of the bag, so then
1: distributors were like, putting the brakes on orders, and so what a it was dick. Like, I know, but whatever, it was his, his
2: shit he uh, had going on, I guess.
0: Why, why did Consolidated form? Why did you decide to do your own thing?
2: Well, for me personally, um, you know, I had foregone going to college, right? So, uh, and I just, you know, I was working working at a pizza place and, and college was in the back of my mind. I got a job at a skateboard place. And so after five years, I'm thinking, shit, you know, is this going to be a career for me or am I going to go back to school and... and do something else, you know. And um, so I had sat down with with the dudes at NHS and said, Hey, you know, uh I'm down to turn this wheel thing around, but, you know, I want my my pay to reflect my efforts. And um, and they're like, Well how do you propose that? And I was said, you know, like royalties and uh We argued about it. They said, well, we can't do that because as volumes go up, costs go up, which was kind of like bullshit. It's kind of like as volumes go up, costs go down. But regardless, I'm like, okay, well, then we can do a sliding scale, you know, like a quarter per wheel up to this many, you know, 10,000 to 50,000 a dime, over 50,000 a nickel, or whatever. And uh, they said, no, we can't do that. And at the time, I felt like, kind of like shit. I felt cornered. I felt like, you know, there's a ceiling on my future. And so, and they were kind of downsizing at the time. I don't know, you know, exactly what the, the things that they were going through. But um, I think Keenan felt kind of the same at, the, at that time. So we had just decided, hey, you know, we can do this shit. Let's do it.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. I like that. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> rad to, like, instead of just... Um you know, a lot of people just attack other brands and feel slighted, and they fucking badmouth them and shit, and then they never do their own thing. But to to like have that, and then to go, no, we'll just do our own thing this way, the way we want to do it, is fucking awesome. That's the way to do it. It's like putting your money where your mouth is, you know?
2: Yeah, we were never angry. There was nothing. There was nothing personal. You know, I they they had accused me at one point of of, of stealing shit, and I never stole anything from there. Uh, I didn't even take my Rolodex, like. When I left, it was like, you know, I'm gonna start my own thing, and there was no, there was nothing bitter. I wasn't like mad at them or anything. It was like, hey, I understand your guys' deal, but I got my own deal, and I want to shape my future and not, you know, yeah, shape it. So, anyways, you know, it it, it got kind of bad. Just I think because we took riders, and it's always weird.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: and so- good ones too <laughs> yeah, pretty
0: rap, right? yeah i was gonna say earlier when you were la- naming off some of those dudes that's like right when i got into skating my first board i think was a sma and like karma and alan and like your guys's team and the videos and that was like right when i f- pretty much found skating was right then and that was some of the best memories of skateboarding for me um i wanted to ask you leticia about being the girlfriend and him saying, yeah, I want to st- start a skateboard company and you don't even skate. So, and you were just down. That's awesome. Because I think people have a mis miss, uh, misconceived notion about skateboard pros and companies making tons of money and it being like, you're just down, huh? You didn't have a clue. <laughs> Cause he says a lot of hard work and it's like, to have your effort match in pay is, like, very seldom that it happens, I feel.
1: Yeah, no, um, I I never even, I, I just didn't even think about it. I mean, I guess maybe because my world was surrounded with skateboarding before him, too, so it's not like it was something new, and I was like, what are you doing? It was just like, I loved everything about skateboarding, you know, even though, like, you know, because back then, you know, there... I can't even think of one girl that skateboarded, you know, back then. But we all wanted to hang out with skateboarders, you know, and um, and so so for me, yeah, it was like that. Sounds awesome to have your own thing and do it, and yeah, you yeah. guys should go for it. You yeah, know?
0: sick, fuck yeah! Because <laughs> I always look around and I see like um, brands and stuff of people that start and they don't they don't skate and they don't they're more doing it for profit these days, and I'm like. They're so fucked how are they gonna compete with like someone who really loves skating you know like I see a lot of brands and they just crumble after a while they come out with a lot of money and marketing dollars and a bunch of people but there's no one that really like is a lifelong skater and then all the brands that get bought up by non skate companies and they do it for a little bit and then when the numbers aren't in their favor it gets bought and sold and it's like yeah I, I it's weird that uh, you're in the middle of it but it's sick that skating was in your life even before you guys met. That makes more sense to me. You're in Southern California. Again, I'm on the East Coast. So out here, it's like, we don't have as much industry or stuff. When you guys were talking about in the beginning, that's what I was kind of prying at, was like, on the East Coast in the 80s, there was very little going on, you know? Like, we're, it was rough. But Southern California is the Mecca, huh?
1: Well, we're NorCal. Yeah,
0: oh, NorCal. nice, okay. <laughs> no,
1: but NorCal had, had its own for sure scene. Yeah. You know, I mean... Even in my own class, you know, we had a, a couple guys, you know, like Doug Smith, yeah. Brett Boardman, like all these guys, you know, when I was going to school with them, it was like they were getting flowed, and they were getting free stuff, and that was cool, you know, and so yeah, so my, my whole life, ever since I was a Grom, you know, just, I was surrounded by skateboarding.
0: Yeah, and it's funny, you're right, dude, the first girl skateboarder I really knew about was Alyssa Steamer, you know, she was like the only one, she's putting out video parts, killing it, like and uh nowadays it's awesome there's so many girls getting into it
1: i just look at them and i just you know i just go whoa i mean because the slams that you take and stuff you know yes i did try it once actually not that long ago and it didn't go that well for me <laughs> and um but um was
2: a hall of meat for slamming <laughs> <laughs> it you were was so
1: bad. it was so bad i went to you know this is just like a few years ago we went to. Um, did a little tour with um, Roberto Aleman and another writer, and we were in Roberto's hometown. He has a mini ramp, and I was like, I- "I'm gonna try it. I'm gonna try it." And Roberto tried talking me out of it, but he's all, "But let me get the camera just in case." You know,
2: follow <laughs> me, follow me.
1: No, <laughs> did everything that I shouldn't have done, and whatever. Lean
2: forward, drop it
1: in. And uh, and so, but it was pretty. It was rad because like it it hurt bad, you know. But it was like. I, I was being tough, you know, and then, and then I just, it wasn't until I saw like Roberto and this other guy, Alliance, faces, and they were just like, their eyes were just like popping out of their faces. And, and then that's, you know, the total little kid scenario where you just see their faces and you see like, oh, whoa, something happened. And you know, all of a sudden, then I just start crying, you know, and, but, um, but it was cool. Roberto's like, okay, you're sleeping in my room tonight, you know, because I got to make sure that, you know, you, you don't have a concussion or something. And so throughout the night, like, he'd like flick on the light. And I just, like, flash him the peace sign and be like, okay, she's good. You know, so. <laughs>
0: so he's yes. the man. Might I say, Roberto's the man. I've been over, we did a skate trip. He's in Spain, right?
1: Yeah. yeah. He lives in Barcelona with his girlfriend.
0: Okay, yeah. When I was riding for Birdhouse, we did a trip to Portugal and Spain, and I, we hung out with Roberto. He's the man.
2: Yeah, he's, he's the raddest, dude.
0: How, Solid. How did he, Solid. How did he become a part of the brand?
1: He started off with, um, we had a Spanish distributor, this guy, Luis, who just did so much for skateboarding. And he was just, um, he went by NorCal Distribution. So he carried all the Deluxe brands and Thrasher and us, and I'm sure NHS. And, um, he was just so down. Like, like there's so many writers that have so many stories with, you know, because of him, because they would come and visit him and he would just treat him like royalty. And anyways, he had this guy, Roberto and, um he's like, he wants to ride for you guys, you know? And so he, they sent, he sent us, you know, a, a sponsor me tape or whatever. We're like, yeah, yeah, this guy's good, you know? And, and then all of a sudden one thing led to another and we were doing this tour and I told the distributor, I'm like, you know, if you fly him out, then, you know, we'll, we'll take care of him out here. And the next thing you know, the guy's on a plane, knows no English, zero English. And he's like, all of a sudden, he's just in the van with, like, you know, all his idols, you know, and um, and ever since then, it's like, never looked back, like, never, never, you know, yeah. and that was like, maybe 17, 18 years ago.
0: Yeah, he is awesome. It's funny, skateboarders will do that, they'll just go and take a chance. I I've, I've know a lot of skateboarders that just uproot their whole lives and just do it, like, with no baggage or no, almost like a homeless person and then find a place where they fit in and because there's a community in skateboarding it works it's like magic somehow
2: yeah
1: yeah it was funny the first time he came here and you know because i would i would like kind of help him out because i knew spanish and stuff and i'd kind of be the translator or whatever and this one day he was like you know i think i'm gonna be fine i think i think i'm good i'm gonna i'm gonna go get food by myself and i was like are you sure are you, you're gonna be okay and he's like No, no no i'm good i got this i got this and he comes back a little bit later and he saw, I found the best restaurant. He's like, and it's so cheap. <laughs> and and we're like, really? What 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 is it? He's like, I don't know, there's like this dog, and you can get burritos for a dollar, and you know, he's trying to explain to us and we're like, a restaurant that has, you know, burritos for a dollar and and then he's like, Yeah, something about like chalupa or something. We're like, Taco <laughs> <laughs> like, like, Bell.
2: Like, like
1: he was like so stoked. <laughs> He's on. They speak Spanish, so I can to (laughs) them.
0: He's right. It is cheap, though. It's very affordable. Yeah. 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 He's awesome. He's got. He's got a good sense of humor too. Because I remember hanging out with him, and I was much younger at the time. And I could only catch like he talks fast, and I could only catch every other word. But I could tell he had some wit to him, and he has a little humor cracked me up all the time. Once I caught on to what he was saying, I was like, this guy's the best guy ever. He's hilarious. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. He's solid, for sure.
0: Um, Alright, so I want to kind of get into the thick of it now. Let me kind of get into it. So, you started the brand. How do you how do you go about getting the art made? Are you guys, either you can draw, or did you find an artist?
2: Well, when it started, we had uh, Moish Brandman, who was our artist. Okay. And uh, he's Unfortunately, he passed away uh, a few years ago. But, um, but yeah, he was, he was amazing. He, he worked at, uh, at NHS. And, uh, you know, I think for the most part for a number of years, we always had, like, in, in-house artists. So, uh, you know, what we like to do was have the writers. Like, I wasn't really into, like, series that, that the writers weren't stoked on. You know, so I always liked it when the writers would work with the artist and, like, figure out what you want. You know, this is your board. It should be something you're stoked on. You know, sometimes if they couldn't think of anything, which is a lot of times is the case, you know, I don't know, I don't care, you know, uh, the artist would come up with stuff. But, but it was the best when, when the writers would work with the artist and come up with something that they're psyched on.
0: Yeah, I agree, that is the best And I, I've dealt, like I do I do deal with that now, like with my team dudes Is I I try to get them into it Because I'm like, you know, let's talk about this Let's start kicking ideas around That's like the hardest part, you know But once you get the ball rolling, then it's like, okay, we got this
1: Yeah, you start getting into it And like, yeah, yeah, and then this and that
0: <laughs> Do you, you guys? Learn. So what's, um What was the initial direction With Consolidated As far as like What are we trying to do? Um,
2: you know, I think we just, initially, when I, uh, when I left with Steve Keenan, we did it with lots of, like, text ads. Um, Keenan was, um, he was really, like, uh, philosophical, you know, and so he'd write out these things, you know, and it was like around the time of the Rodney King riots, and he, you know, he would kind of associate it with skateboarding, and so we had kind of these, these, uh, a lot of text ads, they're kind of deep, and, um, and then he ended up, he ended up getting, uh, getting married and had kids, and his wife wanted him to make more money, and he ended up, uh, leaving, And I took over, and that's kind of like when Letitia came in and started working there and doing the books and sales and stuff like that. But um, I always had kind of a more uh, relaxed approach to it, you know, more humor and, like, you know, I like to joke a lot more. So
1: Butthole face.
2: (laughs) Congratulations Congratulations as a man and, you know. That was that was more my style.
1: Yeah,
0: that direction I always love that direction. (laughs) Just complete and utter humor but with some grossity or some stretch to it that you're like, What the fuck? (laughs) You guys are good at that for sure. Yeah, we it's
2: fun. That's and that's part of that's part of for me, like it keeps it going is you know, even for me that you know, I'm fifty and I'm three back surgeries deep, I'm not I'm not skating you know, like I did before, if I do, it's <clears throat> to the store to, to get something. But what keeps me going a lot of times is on a daily basis, you know, like Letitia will say, oh, well, what do the new boards look like? Because, you know, we just got some new graphics came in. We want to see what they look like, you know. So, I mean, that, that constantly is like, is so much fun. You know, if we can afford to do an ad, it's like laying out the ad or, you know, the graphics. And when the graphics come in and, and that kind of stuff is like, that feeds us.
0: Yeah, yeah, 100%, it's very exciting, it's cool to be part of the creative creation process, and then to have people appreciate it, and even purchase it, and, or spread it, or share it, it's it's, so, it's the best like feeling.
1: sending us, you know, photos, or, you know, with them, with the board, and just being like, so rad, so stoked, you know, it's like...
2: Yeah, it's flattering.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, and and yeah, like, you know being so paranoid, like, just to the very end, like, being like, okay, no, we need to approve the art before it goes to production, you know, because I want to make sure the colors and everything are right, because, you know, it's, like, it's, it's important to us, it's important, you know, it's not just...
2: And a lot of times we had we have kind of some adult graphics, and we would catch some heat from it from shops, and my whole thing was, you know, I always hated this stereotype of it's like, oh, little kid's skateboard, and I'm like, little kid's don't all skate, it's not all little kids.
1: And little kids like that kind of stuff.
2: Well, they do, but, you know, the parents are trying to keep it away from it. It's like, but, you know, why does skateboards always associate with little kids, and why do these graphics have to cater towards little kids? It's like...
1: And so when we respect it, you know, like, it's like some shops want to keep that, you know, that just more clean cut and just more, you know, mom-friendly and stuff. So, you know, so we'll throw in just, you know, just, I don't say generic, but, you know, just... Not so, you know, in-your-face type graphics.
0: Yeah, you if, you, if you can do it all, why not? It's, like, fun yeah, to, like...
1: Every graphic has to be gnarly, you know? I mean, we can have we can get we into... We want to
2: make sure we're stoked on it.
1: Mm-hmm. That's the bottom line.
2: Yeah. Is, is
1: just be stoked on it, Because, you know, he and I will go to battle a lot. <laughs> you know, like, you know, and we disagree and this and that, and we'll go back and forth, and... But at the end of the day, when something is getting done... And we're putting it into production, or we're doing an ad. It's like we're both solid with it, you know. We're like, okay, you know, we're both on the same page, and, and we're standing behind it, like both of us. So, so it works out.
0: Um, do you guys? Do you have jobs now? Do you have like is a side project, or is Consolidated your full time gig? Uh,
2: I I have a side job. I haven't I haven't taken any money from Consolidated for. I don't know a number of years, and so for me, it's more—it's more—it's not a hobby, but it's like it just fuels my, like my passion, you know. So, so I work part time to pay the bills, and then I work the other half of the time at Consolidated.
0: Yeah, you know? I like that. I do the same as well. I work a job and then I run a brand. I do a lot of skateboard stuff. I do an event, I do the podcast, the YouTube channel, I I even manage another skateboard brand, but I still work uh, screen printing in an embroidery place to make money for, even though I I probably don't have to, but it's kind of a choice, just being like a recession type baby. (laughs) It's like a, um, the ideal situation would be if you could make, if you could spend your time doing stuff you love all the time and like. You own your own time, but that's something that uh, doesn't always happen right away, you know?
1: Yeah, so I'm 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 the only like um full time employee. Yeah. So you know, I'm here the whole time, you know. Um you know, we're both slave labor, but you know, like uh, but we like it. It's our choice, you know, it's like it's not sympathy, it's just that's what we want, you know, and 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 so that's just the way it is. And and we have so many people that That help us, you know, with, you know, laying out ads and doing art and, you know, we don't have any in-house anyone, you know, besides myself. And so I'm not even close to being an artist or anything like that. And like, so we have so many artists all around the world, um, that submit, that give us art and, um, we're super, super appreciative of it and people helping us with web stuff and, um, just other things that, that, um, you know, Team Stuff, Roberto, and, um, this other guy, David Sanchez, he's a new AM. We just came out with a video, um, Never Say Never, and, and they took the helm. they,
2: yeah, they did you know, the whole thing.
1: From, you know, they, they had their own parts, and then they came out here, and, you know, from start to finish, they did the editing, they filmed the writers that didn't have enough footage, they pieced it all together, they gave it the consolidated vibe, they, they, hands down, like they did it.
0: Yeah, you know? it's like a collaboration. Oh
1: uh, yeah, like I always say, like consolidated is just greater than the sum of its parts. You know, it's it's just like that. There's just so many people to thank, and so many, you know, that is kind of its own entity. You know, and
0: yeah, uh, that's why I'm prying because I feel like there's like a lottery mentality or something when you're younger or maybe not even age is fair to, cause there's older people like that too, that think it's going to just happen. Like they have a dream and it's going to be handed to them or it's going to just going to work out somehow without any plan or any right. vision or work ethic. Or some people don't even try to get better, you know, like in general and in their life.
1: But it's it, a lot of hard work. Yeah. <laughs> it,
0: is. <laughs> it, it is for sure. <laughs> um, but it, I love
1: it. <laughs>
0: yeah. It's awesome. And, uh, I guess, I guess where I'm trying to go with this is like, you guys have a certain direction with, um, consolidated, you know, it's almost, uh, anti-marketing, I guess, I don't know how else to say it, you know, it's, um, that's a choice, I'm just wondering where that choice comes from, and like, do you ever feel like if you just put, say, weed prints all over something and tried to sell it, (laughs) like, like, you know what I mean, because if you got, if, um... Not that you'd ever want to, but I know the temptation's probably there to do some compromising shit. And so, how do you balance it all out in your head, you know? You know, I
2: think we we don't compromise too much, and you know, we kind of have a—I mean, we 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 have kind of a hard line of of keep skateboarding in the hands of skateboarders for us, and so it 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 holds us back, but it's. What we believe in, so it's we're cool with it. You know what I mean? Like a lot of people are like, "Oh, why don't you sell the mall chains or the sporting goods stores?" And we're like, mm. you know, we feel like they're killing the the, the real core shops.
1: Well, it's, it's for us, I guess. Too, it's like it just sounds to us kind of hypocritical, you know? Like there you are, you know, saying keep skateboarding in the hands of skateboarders, but then you're handing it over to this corporate entity that has nothing to do with skateboarding, and it's like how can you, how can you say that with a straight face, you know? So it's like, we just, we're not perfect by any means. Like we'll be the first to say it, you know, we've made mistakes and we continue to make mistakes, but, um, you know, we just try to do the best we can, you know? And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't, you know, it's, it's,
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. Um, I guess the thing, the mistakes come from the growing process. So that's a good thing. Cause that means you guys are trying and you're adjusting and you're going forward, you know?
1: Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, and that's good. That I means you're on the right path. Is you get through all the mistakes and you tighten it up and get the thing running how you want it to run, and then sky's the limit. I guess it's it's weird. Um, it's weird nowadays for sure because skateboarding's so in sunk into the culture that everyone thinks that I think they think everybody is making tons of money off of skateboarding, but I don't. I don't, especially with these big shows and like just um. The amount of influence skateboarders have, too, makes it seem that way, you know? And I always tell people it's not the industry side of things. Skateboarding is not even comparable to so many other sports or other lifestyle things or music. Or It's peanuts, you know? So the people involved that are, like, really doing it, that you can tell love it, that are throwing the events and, you know, creating the content and, like, you know, those people are doing it out of more of a labor of love, right?
1: Yeah. They're, oh, they're sure. passionate about it. For it's, sure.
2: It's, and we feel like that, that's who should, that's who should be in charge. That's who should own it. And, and I think it should be that way in a lot of other things too. You know, I think football players should be the ones that own the NFL. And, you, you know, you, you don't think of any soccer, football, baseball, basketball player owned companies. And why not? You know? And it's like they're totally controlled. And skateboarding, I think, is unique because it was, it, it came about when nobody cared about it, you know, the outsiders didn't care about it, it was illegal, there weren't public parks everywhere, so all these, all this corporate interest wasn't there, you know, and, but then once it got to a certain size, all of a sudden these outsiders wanted, it. And, and to us, especially to me, I was like, fuck that you know like you you create this thing i feel like you know it's like anything uh you know you can have some organic farm and you get the thing awesome and everybody wants organic food and then oh here comes you know Monsanto over the hill and they want to take over the whole thing and they have enough money and they do it you know and and it happens it happens like to everything you know we on was you know in a town up up close to us and all of a sudden they get popular and people want these healthy drinks and fucking Coke bottle, you know. And so when it starts happening to skateboarding, that's why we fight so hard. You know, I feel like, no, you know, they're they not passionate about skateboarding. They're just passionate about the amount of money that they think it can produce and they want it. So, you know, that's, that's why we fight.
0: Yeah, I like I like that. It's funny because people, when you say something like that, people are so extreme, either one way or the other, that it's like, oh, they're not, they don't want to make money, they don't want to be successful, blah blah blah, you know. But that's not that's not what you're saying. I don't feel that's just saying like almost safeguard skateboarding. That's how yep. I look at it. Like,
1: let it grow. Yeah. Let it keep growing. Let it let the mainstream get to it. Just let make the main make sure the mainstream goes to a skate shop. Yeah. And give money to a skateboarder. Yeah, they're
2: buying from a small like, company. Like it can, get be big, pose, you can, be, can get as big as it wants to get. There
1: can be tons of posers. It's all good, you oh, yeah. know. Like, but they just got to give their money to a skateboarder. That's that's just our argument.
0: Yeah, and I, I agree with that because I've seen when there's there's no skateboarders at the head of a ship, and uh, it becomes about a numbers game. So the decisions are made from that angle. You know, it's not about. Because sometimes the right move for something is not always the most profitable. You just have to do it. And profit comes and goes, especially if you're in it for a long term. If you're just in it for a quarter, trying to make as much money in a quarter, or whatever, half a year, or whatever, you know, then it, the compromises come in. And there's always a fucking compromise. And we all see it. Everybody who skateboards sees it. You're like, oh, what the fuck is that? Like, a skater wouldn't do that, you know? Like, But you know they're selling an image, or whatever it is. When it's just numbers, right? ridiculous
1: I mean consolidated ourselves like we're, we're good like you know if, if if it goes in the way that you know we're fighting against'll we'll still be it you know at least we fought for what we believed in and we could walk away with you know our integrity you know
2: yeah we had that we had and a heart to heart um, you know ten years ago when we refired up the don't do it campaign we said you know this Nike is influxing so much money and, and they were so big at the time that we're like, you know, this could be it for us, but we had to dig deep and be like, we're cool with that. Because if, if it gets gobbled up and it's just owned by all these outsiders, then we're going to just have to get a job working for them. And why, you know, why we'd rather, we'd rather just be out of business and go get a job doing something else.
0: Yeah. Something more profitable. (laughs) If If you get, if you're like, if you can't make skateboarding a job, it's like, what the fuck am I going to do? You know, you're going to be like, go get a job and try to get something that you could live above the poverty line.
1: Yeah, totally, totally. And I
2: believe, you know, like Nike has a, has a, actually an awesome, rad story, backstory about him, you know, with like Bill Bowerman, the, the, uh, Phil Knight's coach or whatever, taking shoes apart and trying to, trying to make better shoes. And then they're selling them out of the back of a, of a, Uh, van or whatever and it's like it's super rad they have a passionate story and but it's on the track and it's not in skateboarding you know and and there's a lot of people that have that passionate story in skateboarding and let them let them grow let them flourish
1: and and then this isn't like this isn't a fight of consolidated versus nike in the least bit like you don't we're not saying buy Consolidated instead of buy Nike. I mean, yeah, we have, a sh- you know, a couple of shoes here and there that we come out, but, but it's more, it, it, it's like pick a skater owned brand over Nike. That's, it's like, it doesn't have, it doesn't have anything to do with Consolidated, you know, but just do your research and, and see who you support, you know, and, and give your, give your dollars to them. Yeah. Cause they, <laughs> yeah, because they need it.
0: <laughs> agreed, Agree. <laughs> The weird part is the the gray line or where things get murky is that those brands hire skateboarders you know and then those skateboarders justify it cuz they're getting a paycheck and then they're the influencer but there's still a degree of separation between the how you know cuz that person could lose their job and Nike could pull out or whatever brand no disrespect but whatever brand is investing they could pull out and then take all those titles away and all the all the stuff that person's livelihood you know And they most likely will if it's just about numbers, right? I mean, they're not like they really have put all those hours into the tricks and kept just fell in love with the culture and the people in that that simple act of skateboarding, you know? That's not where those decisions are being made for them.
1: They've proven that that is because they've pulled out. Yeah, that's an
0: easier answer. Thank you. (laughs) They already did it. (laughs)
1: Times doesn't need to be proven, you know, so...
0: Yeah, I remember so, the first Converse attempt at infiltrating skateboarding. They had, like, the stickers with, like, the characters of the skater. And, like, they were trying to do it then, too. Isn't they, aren't they owned by Nike, too, I believe?
1: Yeah, Nike Bottom.
0: Yeah, power. So,
1: and then they went in, in surfing, snowboarding as well. They pulled out of snowboarding. They also pulled out of surfing but then they bought Hurley, so they're kind of hiding behind Hurley now, which I hear they're trying to pawn Hurley off right now, because I guess the numbers again.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, they're so big, they can move wherever they want. They can buy a lane in any culture or anything they want, because they're massive, I imagine. Right,
1: right.
2: Well, in skateboarding, too, you know, in kind of a background, the time when you started, it it was interesting, there was always kind of this, not not a rule or anything, but just this un... Unsaid, uh, we'll call it a rule, but where these outsiders would try to come in, they'd huck a bunch of money around, but skaters wouldn't buy their shit because they knew, you know. And then they'd bail, and the skaters would like laugh, you know. So it happened all the time. Some outsider would buy up a company, and people would go, "Oh, that's not that's not skateboarders don't own that anymore." And then nobody would support it, and it would die off. And it was so it was so awesome because it was like skateboarding. And skateboarders had other skateboarders' backs, and then you know it, it wasn't really until I feel like ten years ago where it just ripped, they dumped so much money and they just got so many top people that it it cracked.
0: Yeah, yeah. that sounds depressing.
1: <laughs> it's, not that it doesn't sound like it. It is.
0: I wanted to ask you guys about social media. How do you guys feel about the internet and social media and in general? And then also, how do you feel about it pertaining to the skateboard industry?
2: I I think it's amazing. It's awesome because when we when we refired up the don't do it campaign ten years ago, Nike had infiltrated the mags and uh, and everyone, and so. Uh, you know, we had, we had a magazine that was our friends had it, and we wanted to run a Don't Do It ad, and the, the editor called me up, and he said, yeah.
1: No, we had been running Don't Do It ads. Like, we didn't. Yeah,
2: we yeah. were running. We were running. But this one month, we had an ad, like, sent to them. And the editor called up and said, hey, you know, I don't know if you talked to uh, blah, 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 but, uh, but Nike wants to advertise in our magazine, and they want to do a two-page spread, and they're going to pay us, you know, more... Like,
1: yeah, three grand or something yeah
2: they're gonna pay us more than normal or whatever but their only stipulation is it can't have a consolidated don't do it ad in the mag
1: and so they asked us a favor they're like could you please not do a consult a don't do it ad this month you know and yeah and so we, you know they were our friends you know and so we were just stuck and we we're like so so we bought out so they could get the money you know from Nike and um. Yeah, there's been a lot of behind-the-scenes kind of stifling, trying to get at us from different angles. And
2: and, and even then, too, I remember looking through the, some of the other major mags, and, and for fun, I'd, I'd, I'd grab an issue from, like, a year before, and I'd look through, and I'd try to see, like, how many pairs of Nikes are in there. And there's, like, almost nothing. You know, and then all of a sudden, it's like, I swear to God, it was like 50% of the mag. I was like, oh, my God, like... It's just, it's like on every page, you know, and I know they were flying, they were flying the people with the mag and, and first class and putting them up in four-star hotels and doing these crazy trips to do editorials and whatever. I'm sure the mags were loving it, you know, but there was no way we were going to get our message out. I have a friend who's a surf photographer and in the time when Nike was in surfing, he was shooting uh, photos. And
1: he, and he was like a, a high, high profile photographer. He yeah. wasn't just like a
2: contributor or... And a lot of the guys he was shooting would put Don't Do It stickers because he was backing it. So they put Don't Do It stickers on uh, their boards. And so he's like, fuck, I sent the sickest photos to these mags. Why aren't they running them? And, uh, and so he like called them and he's like, dude, why are not you run these? And they said, you know what? Um, Nike said if they see Don't Do It in the mag, they're going to pull their advertising. So you can't send us any photos with that on there, you know. And so so anyways, back to social media. At the time, MySpace was around, and it was the most amazing tool to get the word out when every other avenue was totally blocked. I mean, how do you get the word out without bags, right? Yeah.
0: You almost got bought out of putting... They they were pushing you out with the dollars. (laughs) Tough.
1: We had had my cousin... um, She lives down in San Luis, and she went into a skate shop, and she didn't see any Consolidated, and she's like, how come you don't have any Consolidated, and, and, um, and they're like, you know, Consolidated, they're they're a cool company and everything, but, um, Nike told us if they wanted, if, if, if we wanted the Nike account, they couldn't carry Consolidated, and, And my cousin called me freaking out, like, you know, but I had already heard about it, you know, and stuff. And so she's like, they can't do that. They can't do that. I was like, yeah, they're doing it, you know. And so, like, behind the scenes, you know, they they put on this face of, like, oh, ha-ha, don't do it. They're funny. Oh, how cute, you know. But behind the scenes, we have no idea, like, how many things, you know, they're doing. And, you know, whatever. We just keep doing our thing and, you know.
2: To me, social media is a godsend. Mm -hmm. I mean.
1: It's hard to, it's hard to monitor and, and have people control that if you're posting stuff. Yeah, I just yeah. like it
2: because it's just free for all, and anybody can do anything.
0: Yeah, yeah. it levels the playing field. I like
1: yeah.
0: I like it too, I'm with you. It's, uh, it's cool because everyone's kind of their own brand now, you know? So the message that you guys are putting out is more empowered this way with these platforms. Cause yeah, yeah. Everybody is their own identity. They're not, you know... Although it's weird nowadays because a lot of people are just trying to get sponsors in life now just through doing weird shit online. It's crazy. Right. It's very right. crazy. Crazy times, no? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, no, there... Yeah, it is. It is. But um, for the most part, you know, I think it's good and whatever. It's freedom of speech to the, you know, upteenth level. You know? And, you know, anything goes.
0: Yeah, that's the reason why I started this podcast, actually, was because I feel like something that corporations, they can buy up, you know, they can work with us as individuals and as people, They could, we could collaborate together, but they can't solely own skateboarding because they can't tell these stories and can't have, like, this podcast remains uncensored for a reason. Like, I like to push the boundaries if possible at times just to see, you know, because it's like this is authenticity, like, people that have stockholders, and share, all these people with big money, they can't say or do this shit, you know what I mean, so that shows at least some level of authenticity, you know, but it's weird, even that's becoming trendy, though, people, like, I get really nervous nowadays, because I see, like, we could go into Andy Roy, for an example, (laughs) he's like, uh, I feel like people might emulate the way that guy is, and I don't know if that's the best way to lead tons of people to, you know, or if he'd even be able to want that or handle that, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, we got, we got, we got a little, a little, uh, screwed on that, on that, uh, edit.
0: <laughs> well, well, if I, let me, for the people listening, I'm sure people have all seen it, but, like, it seemed like he just said something to someone wearing a consolidated hat, and that person actually backed you guys, and, like, actually was, like, told you guys, and then, uh, went from there, but... Regardless, like, I was thinking about Andy Roy a lot, because I, 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 like that, you know, like, that kind of goes back to what I'm saying, is there's some sort of authenticity in that, like, um, anti-hero, that opposite, that almost, like, homeless, like, that dude's not bought and sold, there's something in there, but I don't know if I'd necessarily want kids to, like, emulate that dude and follow that dude, or even, like, that dude... Might be the type of dude that would talk shit and tear someone else's brand down, but then like not do shit when that person comes to their face, you know, or like it's kind of like I don't know. Like I'm not saying I'm against the guy, but I'm like I had a um a then,
1: personal experience with him like this was five years ago, where um, Roberto he come you know he comes back and forth between Spain and here, and he has a room that he rents in San Francisco, and he comes here, and one night he had a party, and um. And, and so he just invited a bunch of people and Andy Roy ended up showing up, you know, and I welcomed him into the house, you know, Roberto's giving him, he made paella, we had all these appetizers and he's getting him all his food. I went into the fridge, I handed him a beer, I said, whenever you want more, just grab it. You know, I thought, I thought everything was cool and normal, you know, and, um, and then, you know, later on in the night, I guess he just started, you know, just talking smack on Consolidate and being like. Fuck Consolidated, fuck Birdo, you know, but Consolidated's going down, you know, and all this stuff. And it's like, hey, it's all good, you know, if, if that's how you feel, you know. But it just, to me, I was like, how do you come into a Consolidated writer's house, eat a consolidator's food, drink their beer, and then talk bad about them in his house, you know. So in my head, I was like, the next time I see him, I, I have a run with him, I, I'm going to tell him that I had a problem with that you know and well the next time that I saw him just happened to be in front of a camera <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> you know and so it was, it was you know interesting and um, you know we just went to town and it's, it's fun, kind of funny because I think I I think I was the one that ended up saying the most and you know I didn't make it in there for whatever reason and but then I started going, wait, you know, I'm, I'm, i calling, I'm calling like sexism or racism or something. <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute.
0: <laughs> you got edited out cause you're a lady.
1: <laughs> yeah. I was like, wait a I'm the one that, you know, ran off the mouth the most, <laughs> you know,
0: I, I got a question. So the, the critique was with Jesse Paez, right? Is that how you say his last name? I remember Jesse, when I was coming up, he wore high socks and skated really fast and powerful, correct? Yeah. And he rode for Consolidated, right? Yeah. And the complaint with Andy is that you guys kicked him off, right? But I read somewhere that, or I heard somewhere that it was your other friend that kicked him off. There was another, is it Steve or Keith? Sorry. He was my partner at the time, and uh, he was the one that did the books. Yeah.
2: So... You know, at the time Jesse, I guess Jesse wasn't skating, and we were paying him a big salary, and uh, and Keenan at the time was like, you know, we can't afford this dude, and uh, I think they might have even had kind of some little bit of personal clashes or whatever, and uh, and so yeah, so we had to we had to kick him off, and uh, and I remember it was totally lame. And I didn't, I didn't want it to go down, but you know, I had to be, be there by Keenan's side and you know, have his back on it or whatever. But, um, but what's so lame and what's such bullshit about that being Andy's reason for it was, you know, uh, Jesse when he rode for Think, we we patched things up. He, he ended up coming back and writing for Consolidated Consolidate again after. So, you know. That's why I was so caught off guard. I didn't know what the fuck he was talking about. Like, what? 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 Jesse Pius? How's there some beef? Everything's fucking cool with Jesse. You know? How is this the beef? You know? Yeah. And when I realized, like, when we first rolled up in there, he's going, "I ride for Jason Jesse. I ride for Jason Jesse." You know? And the real beef, and like the beef when he was in San Francisco and talking shit, you know, at Roberto's, was because of Jason Jesse. He wrote for the driven after, because Jason leaving consolidated was on like bad terms. So, so I think, I think that's where it, it stemmed from was Jason being hell bent on tearing down consolidated, which, you know, that's the gnarliest thing. So, so Jason, I'll just give you a little bit of back history. So Jason, uh, was riding for Santa Cruz. He came and rode for Consolidated at the beginning. He was a vert skater at that time. Uh, his boards weren't selling so good at Santa Cruz, and uh, but he was our friend, you know, and uh, and so he came with and uh, and at that time it was like Tom Knox and and uh, and that's who was like selling boards. It was like street skating, and so uh, so he came over, and then after a few years. We're like, dude, you know, your boards aren't selling. And, uh, and so we ended up like breaking it off with Jason.
1: You and, did a, a retirement board. Yeah, what? we did a
2: retirement board. It was totally amicable. Everything was cool. And he went and got a job washing dishes at this restaurant. And, uh, and I, I didn't know then, but I think, I think that was probably the first job he'd ever had. You know, and I'd go visit him over there, you know, because we were friends and I'd go visit him over there washing dishes and and he'd be talking to me out front and be like, fuck, this job sucks. And his boss would come out and be like, what the fuck are you doing? I don't pay you to talk out here. And uh, and so I remember coming back and talking to Kenan and saying, dude, there's got to be something that we can have Jason do here. Like, can we hire him to do something, you know? And so we figured, well, let's ask him if he's willing to do sales because how sick would that be? You know, he can call shops and be like, "This is Jason," and they'll be stoked, you know, to talk to him. How could you not be? Yeah, exactly. So, so he came back. He came back and did sales, and you know, it was like not not the easiest thing, probably for him. But he just had to be Jason on the phone, and you know, he never really pushed product on people or whatever. But
0: better than um, washing dishes.
2: Yeah, exactly. So,
1: so. and skateboarding, right? Yeah.
0: You learn, yeah, a, you learn exactly. a lot of lessons. You learn a lot of lessons washing dishes. You wash thousands of them. You learn a lot of lessons, and the one lesson is I don't want to wash dishes anymore. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> no
2: doubt. Uh, so, anyways, uh, so he did sales for a long time, and then Keenan left uh, the the business, and Latisha got involved, and I had decided, you know what? I think I want to make Jason the team manager. We'll get somebody else in here to do sales, and I'm like it'll be sick, you know, having to be the team manager and uh, and you know he gets along with all the riders and everything.
1: He knows all the mags.
2: Yeah, he knows the people at the mags, and it was it was it was perfect. So he was the team manager, and uh, and everything was cool. Uh, everything was cool for a long time, and then uh, Jason Geist started getting kind of into drugs, and he wasn't coming to work.
0: And, uh... What kind, if you don't mind me asking, what kind of drugs? Because I do drugs. I like sugar, I like alcohol, I like weed, caffeine is good. What kind of drugs are we talking? Crystal meth. Yeah, those are hard ones. My mother had, for most her life, for the whole time I was born, had a real bad issue with drug abuse. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So I know the character.
1: On the other, on our side, like, going... It, it was rough, like, trying to work around that you know
0: yeah it's not a very uh dysfunction is not fun to be in and around especially if you're trying to keep your shit together and another person's not it becomes like you're carrying someone and they're not carrying their own weight or there's extra drama or in like it just becomes too much it ruins the day
2: so so um what ended up happening was Letitia was was taking the the brunt of it. You know, the writers would call Jason. there, no, now he's not here. So then Letitia started taking on his work, and uh, and and I had to take on some of his work. And it was, it, but we're paying the dude a salary, you know. So I finally had to confront him on it. And I was like, dude, you know, there's all the shit that is not getting done. And I, I, at the time, I'm like, I don't give a fuck if you gotta get some kid to do it, trade product or whatever, but I can't afford to pay somebody else another salary. You're taking the salary to do this job, and it ain't getting done, and, and I, I need help, dude. You yeah,
0: know? The, it's bigger than yourself, for sure.
2: Yeah, and so, and so I remember, he's like, oh, but I'm building a motorcycle for, you know, whoever, Scott Bourne, and I'm building a motorcycle for Jamie Lynn or whatever, and I said, you know what, that's fucking sick. I think it's really cool, but... This shit needs to get done. And he he looked at me and said, what are you going to do? Fire me? And he says, if you fire me, Alan will quit, Carmel will quit, you know, go down the list. Like, everybody's going to quit. And I was just like...
0: Fuck me, right?
2: (laughs) So, I just had to say, you know what, dude? You do whatever the fuck you got to do. Because I ain't going to live in a cage, right? Because now all of a sudden, you know, who, who can live like that? Like, oh, I can't, I got to tiptoe around this guy and I got to just keep paying him and he's going to do whatever the fuck he wants because he's holding me hostage, you know?
0: Yeah, because he has a big ego about who he is. <laughs> Apparently, I don't know him, but <laughs> from the story.
1: Well, it, was, it was it was the ego and, you know, and the drugs didn't help it, you know? And, you know, I mean, I, I'd go in his office like crying, being like, Jason, what can we do? And, and he'd just be like, I got this, I got this. He would, you know, cut me off, you know. And so I'd be like, i just walk out of there and be like, okay, you know, what? There, there's nothing we can do, you know. And, and, and just kept hoping that he would snap out of it, you know, and, and realize, you know, drugs were a bad thing at the level that he was at, you know. And, um, and it, just, it, it, it just didn't, it, he, while he was at Consolidated, he never stopped from that point on. And, um,
2: so yeah, so he got this like, you know, whatever blank stare. And I was like, dude, you know, that's just how it's got to be.
1: He started trying to pit the writers, you know, against us and create this division. Like, you know, every few months I would just do inventory, you know, just to make sure we were on track, you know, whatever. And every time, you know, we'd come up short, you know, we would be short on boards and this and that. And I, and I, the last thing on my mind was that someone was stealing. You know, it's like we're this tight knit crew, and I'm I, the last thing on my mind was that. But so I started telling Jason, well, you know, maybe make sure that when the writers come that they write everything down because maybe not everything's getting written down. So then I can go in and the computer and take everything out.
0: And that's a, and sorry to cut you off, but that's like a good part of getting better at business is having inventory and knowing where everything's going, so you know where you're investing and where the money's being spent, and you can move the money if you need.
1: So like, um, so I just was like, you know, maybe just make sure that, you know, stuff gets written down. Like, and I didn't think twice about it. And then all of a sudden one day Karmic, you know, came in, came to Consolidated and he came down like, just like furious, you know? And he's like, what? He's like, you think, you think we're stealing? And I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, well, Jason says that the reason that, that you're having us write stuff down is because, um, you think that we're stealing. And I was like, no, no, no. I said, no. I And then I told him the whole situation. I said, I'm just trying to figure out, you know, why we're coming up short. Maybe inventory's not getting taken out when you guys come. I'm like, it, that, that's all it is. And then he just looked at me. He's like, oh. He's like, is that it? He's like, oh, okay, cool. Give me the order form. You know, like, it was just black and white. But what we didn't know was that it was Jason that was stealing. And he was kind of trying to create this division so the writers would kind of blame us and, and, make us seem like the bad people
0: you have to cover up a lie
1: so yeah so you know and, and a lot of it like we didn't know at the time what was going on you know and you know there was fallouts with you know scott born you know he put stuff in his head you know and um scott you know ended up quitting and um you know we tried you know um karma organized a meeting to try and save it you know and Supposedly Jason was also quitting and, um, they were going to leave together and, um, and so Karma called a meeting and we all, all of us showed up and, um, including Scott and Jason was there and it it was kind of funny because we were all in this one room, but I think Jason was like stuck because he was telling us one thing and he was telling Scott another thing. So he couldn't be in that meeting.
2: You no, know? and like, so I'm saying all the shit, and I'm like, "What are you talking about?" And so he's going, "Jason,
1: get in he's here!" He's like, like, "Chicken shit, get over here!" Get over
2: here. <laughs> so she told me, but Jason's and
1: just Jason's like, Jason's around the corner, like with his video camera, but he couldn't really film because you know he's hiding, but he has you know he has the audio, you know, <laughs> the whole thing that went down, you know, and stuff. And so you know, long story short, Scott ends up taking off, like he's like, "Screw you guys," you know, like we're the bad people, you know. And so he took off. And then we asked Jason, you know, we're, we're like, so where are you at? You know, are, are, are you out of here too or are you going to stay? You know, and he's like, I want to stay. And we're like, okay, rad, rad, you know. And then you guys ended up going upstairs and talking for a long time. And, you know, then all of a sudden that, at that point, like we thought we were starting a new page. And all of a sudden, you know, we start talking partnerships and how we're going to do it and salary and you know, if he wants to work part-time, full-time, no-time, you know, and his salary would reflect like that, and, and he was super into it, you know, and um, we thought, <laughs> and um, and then um, that went on for, like, maybe a few more weeks, and then, um, and then all of a sudden it was Christmas time, and um, I needed some presents, so I came to Consolidated, it was Christmas Eve, and I walked in to just, like, I mean, just havoc, you know, like this, just, this carpet was just hideous, but it was like torn out and the refrigerator was being torn out. And it was because Jason had brought that to consolidated. So he was taking all his stuff that was his, you know? And so I called Steve and, um, from, from consolidated. And I was like, um, Steve, I, I I think we've got an issue on our hands. And he's like, and, and this is how clueless he was. Like we were like, He's like, no, 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 Letitia, uh, Jason's just, you know, he's starting fresh, you know, he's probably going out and getting a new carpet, so he had to tear the old one out, and, you know, he, the, he's just getting a new one, and I was like, I don't think that's what's happening.
0: Dude's <laughs> flipping out right now.
1: <laughs> if you're seeing what I'm seeing, I don't think you'd be saying that. Yeah, I was oblivious. <laughs> and, um,
0: you're having, at least you had faith. <laughs>
1: So then, um, so then, um, I called Jason right after that, you know, and he's like, I'll be down there in just a second, you know? And it's so crazy because this happened 17 years ago. Like I remember it was Christmas 2000 and, um, and I just remember like yesterday, it's so crazy. And, um, so I waited for him and he just said, um, it's done. And I said, I'm sorry you feel that way. See you later. You know? And... Um, and then I called Steve and I told him what happened or whatever. And he was like, just let him do what he's got to do. And I was like, are you crazy? (laughs) Like, I'm not leaving here. You know, (laughs) he's like, just let him, just let him do it. You know? And, and I left, you know? And then, um, he just, he just wrote just gibberish all over the walls. Just, just nonsense, nonsense, you know?
2: And stole tons of shit. And, um, and so then, um, so
1: then... You know, whatever. So we're like, okay, it's done.
2: And he's hell bent now on, on tearing Consolidated down. Like, well, and, without and him there, Consolidated's over. So we thought, but at the
1: time, we stayed. You know, we were like, you know, he's going through a rough one. You know, like, okay, you know, like, so we didn't, we didn't air the dirty laundry. We the only thing was, what he did after he left is like, he started calling shops. They wrote letters. Like, he had the sales rep help them, um, wrote letters and, um, and called our suppliers and said, uh, Consolidated's done. Um, there's only businessmen left there. Don't support them anymore. And he just started like all this stuff. And so then, you know, I went to work, you know, after Christmas and, and to this barrage of calls and they're going, what's going on up there, you know? And, Luckily, by that point, you know, Jason had kind of drifted away. So he didn't really have these tight-knit relationships with everyone anymore, right? Yeah. So luckily, they gave us a chance, you know, to prove that, you know, it was just a fallout, you know. And um, so, you know, business went on as usual, you know. And, and he tried hard, to, you know, to destroy Consolidated. Like, he tried really hard. And, <laughs> yeah, to be um, calling and, and we, writing letters.
0: To be calling and writing letters and, like, being that petty about something, you definitely have to be very spiteful and vengeful.
1: <laughs> yeah, and, 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 and to be honest with you, like, I mean, I really, I don't, I don't know where that came from because, like, I honestly, threw it all, like, I, you know, I, I don't know how many times I've passed through it in my head, like, we honestly, you know, I'm not saying we're perfect or we did anything perfect, everything perfect, but at the bottom of my heart, like, I know that we tried everything that we could to make it right and to help him, you know, and we couldn't, you know, he, in his head, we were these horrible people, he was paranoid, you know, I don't know if it was because of lack of sleep, or the drug, I don't know what it was, but, he created this scenario in his head, that we were just these horrible people, you know, and,
2: um, We were somehow fucking him over.
1: Yeah. I've been there,
0: I've been there, I'll tell you, we've all been there. It's like when you're, uh, you can be completely lost and caught in your emotions and talking to yourself, and you can talk yourself into some narrative that someone's fucking you over, and, you know, shit's always happening to you, that's like a victim mentality, a lot of drug addicts have, my mom had it, The you're never in control, someone else is your oppressor, that type of thing, and...
1: No, and, you know, we're we're pretty young too, you know, and so just not having had experience with anything like this before, you know, we're like, whatever. So anyway, so he left, right? And then, so we're like, okay, that's done. Let's pick up the pieces. I called the writers. They didn't know anything that had happened. You know, I had to fill them in on everything. And, um, and like, and then, you know, I mean, me, I'm just like the emotional woman, you know, I was just crying for, you know, weeks because it was like. Yes, there was damage control, you know, that I had to do, you know, calling the shops, explaining to them what happened, all that and everything. But like on a personal level, like I lived with Jason and his wife for like a year, you know, and and I got to know Jason and I, I felt like we had this really rad friendship, you know, like this mutual respect. I loved his quirkiness and his humor and we would always have fun. So besides the business part of it, the part that hurt the most was like I felt betrayed, you know, like, like. How could you do this to us? You know? And like, and, and I remember though, I, one time I was crying on the phone to Alan and, um, and Alan finally, like he, he was just like, in like kind of a pretty stern, probably the sternest voice I'd ever heard from him. And he's like, Leticia, there's no use in crying over spilt milk. And all of a sudden, like, and that's all he had to say. And I was like, you're right. You're right. And so then from that point on, I just like got stronger, you know, and, and, and just kept going about it and thinking, okay, it's over. And then all of a sudden it starts like, he's threatening our employees, you know, he's going to their apartment buildings and he's like going, you know, you know, calling up their phone number and he's yelling like things and gibberish inside the speaker phone and saying things. And Roberto was staying here at once at one point with a couple other writers and, all of a sudden, they see, like, a piece of paper slip underneath the door. And it says, you might want to get out of here because I'm going to burn the place down tonight.
0: Jesus.
1: And, um, yeah. and, yeah. Uh, and so then, um, and, and Roberto was like, and, and the other writers were like, we're, we're going down with the ship. We're not going anywhere. You know, and so they stayed. <laughs> Um, and we didn't know about it until the next morning.
2: Yeah, I'd <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, I would have been all out of
0: there. I would have been sleeping at Jack in the Box down the road or whatever.
1: <laughs> you know, and then we had this other guy, Billy, who, you know, he was um, our shipper. He also did sales and stuff. and rode He rode for us. And he rode for us, you know, and he... Um, he started getting threatened by Jason. Jason told him, you know, I'm coming to pick you up. He was from, from Indiana. He's from Indiana. He's like, I'm coming to pick you up on this day at this time. I'm going to go take you to the bus station, and you're moving back to Indiana. You know, and and then he ca- Billy called us, and he's like, you know, this is what's going down. And we're like, well, do you want to move back to Indiana? And he's like, no. And we're like, okay, we got you. You know, and Jason's like, Jason was going to be here at Consolidated at 9, but we got here at 8.
0: Was he just wanna kidnap him?
1: He was gonna pick him up, drop him off at the bus station, make sure he got on the bus to Indiana. <laughs> yeah. And um and so so we're like, Okay, we got you. So we got here at eight, waited, you know, till nine, and sure enough, Jason pulls up and 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 I don't know if you ever saw our four one one, but in it it says when you're naked in the street, all you got is your word. I did see it. And, um, well, Billy went down to his boxers. He said he was going to go all the way nude, but like these couple girls walked by. And so he's like, okay, they're not going to know what's going on. So I'm going to just hold on to my boxers. And, um, so he's in his boxers waiting for Jason out in the middle of the street. And Jason pulls up and, um, and, uh, Jason's like, get in. And Billy's like, no. And he's like, get in. And so they went back and forth for a while. Steve and I are inside, you know, cause we're like, you know, let's see how it pans out, you know, first or whatever. And then, um, and finally, you know, it was just like kind of stalemate and, you know, and so I walked out and, um, and then Jason saw me and I think he said something to Billy, like you're dead, you know, and he's put it in reverse or whatever. And I'm like chasing, him, going, Jason, let's talk about this. Let's just be done. Let's figure this out, you know? And then he just, just took off and, um, and so you know just having to deal with like that for a long time, you know and you know it sucked
0: yeah I have a qu- I have a question um, did, have you either of you had issues with drugs because it seems like a lot of the dudes that you've you were around <laughs> had drug issues and uh, a lot of the times you know it's like sometimes you know similarities that's why people hang out with each other so did either of you have issues with drugs he,
1: he was I mean he quit drinking at 22 because he drank he was an alcoholic so at 22 before he even started consolidated he quit cold turkey I just no I just I just drink I, I've never even done coke or anything like I it doesn't interest me
0: it scares I, me I've never done either it scares me <laughs> I tried mushrooms once <laughs> and,
1: and maybe that's why, too, we didn't know how to deal with it, because we had never, you know, been on the other side, you know, like, of how to, I mean, I thought we were trying to be compassionate, but, you know, maybe we weren't being compassionate in the right way, or, yeah. I don't know.
0: Well, the thing with that, sometimes, like, when people are lost, they're lost, and it's their own battle, and they have to find their own way back, like, you can't help them. Actually, by helping them, you're hurting them, you know? Right. like I right. you, I've dealt with that a lot, so... But, like, since I dealt with that at a young age, I'm kind of wary of it now, you know? I'm like, oh, I don't can't really keep this person too close to me for too long, you know? Like, you have to almost see bad characteristics, and you don't want to get burned too many times. But I guess if you didn't have... I'm used to that, because I had it since I was little, but...
1: We had a lot, but you know what? I think our writers were just crazy. <laughs> like, they, they... I don't think... um They didn't have really crazy... You know, they drank... Well, sure. well,
0: well, let me be fair. These same people that had these drug issues, they also shined very brightly. Jason Jesse, uh, Andy Roy, Alan, like, I mean, uh, who are we talking about? All of them. All the riders that you've dealt with, that fucking, those guys are like, it's like, um, flip of the coin, you know? They could be as great as they could, um, you could imagine, or the right. worst, it seems like. Right,
1: right. Yeah, with Arma, yeah. You know, I mean, but, but it was, they never got into, like, the meth thing, and, like, I mean, and, besides Andy and, um,
0: and, and Jason. Oh, did Scott uh, I, Scott abuse drugs as well? No, if I I don't mean to blow it up, but I feel like he had an issue with drugs as well.
1: Scott was sober for a while, I think, but then he started drinking. I mean, he never did math.
0: He never did drugs. Was he an alcoholic? What was the black arms about? If you don't, I don't remember exactly.
1: That was like like I think it's like something to do like like in a world in in a, in, in a world that's just all black. He has his white heart. Like, he's pure, like, in a, in, a, in a black...
0: Oh, that's sick. Is he... Was he... Uh, he never did any drugs?
1: He started drinking, I, but I think... I don't know why I want to say this, but I feel like he didn't drink at first, that and means... then he started drinking later on in life.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, sometimes it's funny, because there's extremes in everything, you know? There's, like, people that are go full think,
1: on... I'm not totally... But I don't know why I think that he didn't... Did drugs I, I know he didn't do drugs but yeah. i but the forest drinking like i don't i think for some reason he didn't um he didn't drink for a while
2: yeah
0: it's funny yeah. Uh, people that do heavy drugs i always am aware of but then also people that are completely sober it's like two extremes i catch on to them people too i'm like you're too sober <laughs> right. right right i've been both <laughs> yeah
1: so no but it was um You know, and, and so, you know, now fast forward to, to now, you know, it's like, you know, we kept thinking, okay, once he cleans up, you know, it's just this whole drama is going to be done and we're going to, you know, move on and everything. But, you know, with this whole Andy Roy thing, episode, he started texting me and like Jason did and just saying all this gibberish and like. And then, like, when I wasn't really acknowledging him, then he went to social media and he started posting things. But you got, you know, you guys don't skateboard. And then, like, Birdo's a pussy. And, you know, and so then I started fighting back, you know, and and then he disappeared, you know. So, you know, I was just like, you know, what? It, you're sober. I'm, You know, you're on top of your game. You've got all these sponsors. You're doing well. He himself told me he now owns homes. And, like, you know, and I'm thinking... Why are you still like obsessed with us? Like, like it's time to move on, you know? Like, you know, and I like I also though don't want to take away from what Jason was when he was at Consolidated because yes, he was a huge part of Consolidated. I will never refute that. Like he was huge, you know. But so were Alan and Karma and Bailey and Bert. I mean, it's like there's so many people that contributed. To what Consolidated is now, like artists and all of our, you know, the writers and like, it wasn't just one person that made this company, you know, and so, yes, he was a huge part, huge, but then he left and we had to move on and we did, you know,
0: yeah. Yeah, that's good. It's weird that he would still be into like defaming a brand even after all his success and being sober and stuff. Usually, people find God and they make, they forgive and move forward too. I don't know.
1: No, and, and then I heard like you know now that he got off drugs and he's you know trying to make amends with with people and do and right his wrongs and stuff. And it's like, wh- what about us? <laughs> like, what do we do?
0: He's gonna bring the carpet back, Leticia. <laughs> What? he'll bring the carpet back and put it back in there
1: he'll be like okay here's the carpet <laughs> there, was a time, there was a time too. we were
2: in Huntington Beach and he was down there and, and we were down there doing some don't do it stuff at the US Open and uh he had said some shit to, to a couple of our friends down there and they called and said whoa you know uh Jason Jesse just rolled up and said like Berto sucks and you know whatever something and um And they're like, you know, I thought, I thought everything was cool. And, uh, and so I ended up running into him down there and, uh, and it seemed like, it seemed like everything was cool. He's like, you know, maybe he needed to come to this and, you know, I've been talking with, you know, this mutual friend of ours that we have and, um, I've been thinking about coming by and talking to you guys and, you know, maybe I can come by and we can go eat Get something to eat or whatever. And, you have coffee and and talk about stuff. I've been meaning to do it, and and he looked me in the eye and shook my hand. You know, and I was I was kind of like,
1: yeah, you, you were hesitant. You didn't you, you weren't believing him, and it was again me saying wanting to believe and being like, okay, okay, Jason, are you serious? And he was like, yeah, yeah, I swear, I swear. Like you know, I I they had to come to this, and there was a reason this happened, and you know, I. I i've been i've driven by your warehouse i i want i want to come by and, and at the end it was like all right all right come by and we left there like going we made up like yeah, it's cool. all it's all squashed
2: but then you know but then all of a sudden you know weeks or months later here comes you know more shit talking and more you know petty shit going on it's like fuck
0: yeah it's strange
2: yeah. Okay. and know, yeah, one thing. One thing that that I never thought of when it, when it was in the midst of the whole thing. Uh, and you know, I, after it had gone down, I went up to a Thrasher and I I sat down with Fausto, and and I was explaining to him. I'm like, you know, dude, I don't I don't get I don't get what happened. You know, like I'm like I wasn't trying to teach the dude a work ethic. I just there was this shit that needed to get done, and and. And I couldn't afford to hire somebody else to do it, and blah blah blah. And he looked at me and he said, "That's where you went wrong." It's like you got to teach these these guys a work ethic. And for me, I was like, "Fuck," you know. To me, he was he was my friend. I wasn't his boss, you know. It was like, dude, I'm holding up this side of the couch, you know, and, and we're trying to move the thing. I need you to pick up the other side and help me fucking move it, you know. And I, it wasn't. I felt like. It, it wasn't my place to try to teach somebody to do the work ethic. But what I didn't realize was that dishwashing job was probably the first job he ever had. You know, when he was a kid skating down south and, and riding for Santa Cruz, that dude was making so much fucking money and traveling the world. And so...
0: Arrested development. That's the word, right? They stunts their youth.
2: Yeah, so, you know, it's a learning experience for me in... in I have to accept some fault in it for not noticing like, you know, this dude, that's all he knew was, no, you just pay me for, for being me. You know, and that's how it works. And, you know, for me, you know, getting kicked out of my house when I was, when I was a kid and being hungry and you know, I got a dishwashing job and to, to be honest, I was so fucking soaked on that job. You know, I, I loved it. I couldn't wait to go to work because they'd feed me, you know, it'd be like, here comes, here comes dinner time" or whatever at work. And they'd be like, what do you want? And I'd be like, I'll have a, a bacon burger with pineapple on it. And you know, they'd make me the sickest meal. And I remember I loved that job, but it was because I was hungry, you know? And so ever since then, you know, I've, I've, had to work full-time my whole life, you know, so to not have that, I didn't understand it, and, you know, so I have to, I have to, like, cut some slack in the...
0: Yeah, lesson learned, though, right? (laughs) Yeah. Tough, though, tough. It's weird, because skateboard brands are so small, like, I started out on Fibro, and Steve R. was like a father figure to me, you know? Like, I was this kid in the projects, and I was just had no... I was reckless and a little suicidal, and just I just skated because it was what I knew what to do and all that. And that guy, like, took me in and, like, made me part of that family. And, the you know, I wish I could have did more for Fibro and for them. Like, I was just that kid who got sponsored. He took me to Japan. He, like, helped me out a lot. He taught me more. I, he did skateboarding. What he did was... He gave more to me than I gave to them. You know, I was I didn't understand like how it worked, but but that but he a small brand, just much like consolidated, you know, grassroots and just building it up and it's the skaters doing it and everyone's figuring it out and it becomes like it becomes a family. Like you like you said earlier about felt like you're like breaking up. I've had those moments like which is when I quit Fibro to ride for a birdhouse, I, I had like an opportunity, I had to make a choice. Like, you know, this guy's helped me out so much they want to pay me and go skate with Tony Hawk, you know? And I'm like, I went and skated with Tony Hawk. But in hindsight, I'm like, I don't know what the right move was. I got a lot of experience and all that from that. But, like, I never forgot, like, Fireborough, Steve. I never tried to defame them. or There was never any hardship. I always was like that. They've done way more for me than I've done for Fibro or anything. Like, they gave to me a lot. But, um... Oh. Go, go ahead.
1: On. Go ahead.
0: Yeah, it's just hard. It's just like it's crazy to have these characters and they're so um they have excellence those dudes are amazing and you look at them skateboarding andy and all those guys and i could see the allure but then having to deal with their personal issues when you guys are all trying to work together and rise something up up you know like build something strong and that everyone believes in and people have work ethic like a lot of my part of my days now is trying to tell the kids around me or the people that are not even kids but just the people that are passionate about skateboarding that like We have to build it into our lives. Otherwise, it'll get taken away. Like, you have to find a way to monetize those hours so you can skateboard or you can work on the art or you can indulge in it. Like, it's not... They'll just make you get a normal job otherwise, you know? Like, so, like, if you want to be a pro skateboarder, you have to fucking do it. You have to find a way to, like, buy back some of your time to, like do what you love you know hopefully moving forward it's like we can find a way to monetize our passions because I feel like the people that love things would excel at them you know if that was like their work you know and maybe with all this digital economy and fingerprints and whatever we're building like together maybe there'll be a way for people the average person that loves skateboarding to maybe like that's what I was saying earlier about it being a brand almost like everyone has their own media their own you have your own brand, you're in control of anything, it's the wild west, you can be the bad character, or the good character, or somewhere in the middle, or, and you can find other people like that, and you guys can play together, and have storylines, and like, intersect, um, yeah, are you, I'm, I'm optimistic about the future, are you guys, uh, these are two different things, but are you, <laughs> I'll start with one, then, are you religious at all? Uh,
1: me, personally, I mean, I consider myself Catholic. I mean, you know, I was raised, born and raised Catholic, and I, I don't practice. I don't go to church or anything. But I am really appreciative of, you know, the stuff that I was, you know, between my parents being really strict Mexican, you know, people and Catholicism. Um, you know, I, I, I really am fascinated by faith, yeah. you, know? you know, people that can have nothing, But they have faith, and they're, like, the happiest people in the world, and I love that. Yeah. Um, yes, I I believe in faith. Yeah.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, I'm a big... I'm not religious either, but I take a lot from religion that I like. You know, I've learned a lot just from watching and paying attention and reading, and there's a lot of good things that come from there. There's a lot of opposite of that, too, but...
1: (laughs) You know, you just try, yeah, and take out the good, and, um... I just, you know, I go to countries and stuff that they have nothing. They're, they're, they're living literally in poverty, you know, barely have a roof over their heads. And they're offering, you know, the clothes off their back to you, you know, and, and it's just like, they're just so happy. And, and, and it's all because they believe in, in a God or, you know, something that their life is fulfilled. And, and and I just go, you know, life can be so simple, you know, and you can be so happy. And I love that. I really. Of
0: that. Yeah, yeah, I love that too. Are, are you religious at all, Berta?
2: I believe, I believe there's a God or a, you know, I feel like there's something more than just evolution. But, um, uh, I'm not big on organized religion. You know, I think the, the God that everybody prays to is the same God and people don't need to fight about it. And I, I lean more towards kind of like, uh, Eastern, like, kind of Buddhism more, and, uh, and I like that, but, yeah, I think life is just, uh, you know, I think about it a lot, too, I I think it's, it's so complex, there's no way that, that it just evolves out of a puddle.
0: Yeah. (laughs) It's crazy now, it's super complex, we're to the point now where we, like, can destroy the earth, that's when you know it's really, life has hit complexity.
1: (laughs) Yeah, we're living in crazy right
0: now yeah I had some uh Jehovah Jehovah witnesses come to my door today and they handed me some booklets and stuff and the first one they handed me where was like a pamphlet about what to happen like if the world's ending basically like doomsday preparation pamphlet like before oh, <laughs> in handy right now <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was thinking too I was like you guys are starting to look more sane than you ever have like what yeah. the... <laughs> you guys
1: might have to have a point after all <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: um,
1: so Wait, you got a shoe?
0: Do Do I have a shoe?
1: Right?
0: Yeah, I have a shoe for World Industries. How crazy is that? How How's that? It's good. So I was riding for World Industries um pre recession, and those guys. My buddy RP Best. Speaking of religious, he's actually a Mormon, a proud Mormon, and one of the best dudes I know. And. uh he basically found me i was riding for z york at the time which is not skater owned it's you know it was mark echo i saw 50 cent outside the fucking uh iconics building or whoever it was on mark echo building at the time and like but i gotta do some crazy shit they took me to china a bunch um i definitely gotta live my dream with like this big budgets and t- t- touring with all these legends and so cool and then, um, world, but they weren't going to turn me pro. And then my good friend RP Best and Charlie Thomas, actually, too, he was working at World Industries. They both were, and they found me and they were like, I put out a video part for State of Mind, which was a Z York video. And they were just like, dude, we'd want to turn you pro. You want to come ride for World? We're trying to build something here. Like, they have investors and they're going to let us try to go at it. So I was like, I've always had to survive. So, like, I've always, like, since I was little, my family's been broken. My father passed away when I was thirteen. he was shot um He's in a motorcycle gang and he passed away from the being shot like months later and uh my mom's always been on drugs, so I was like in and out of trailer parks projects like typical kid who found a skateboard and then like solstice skate shop in New Bedford mass. they were so cool to me, and they would give me all their old shit and I would just annoy the fuck out of them until like but I had a heart, I had a good heart, like, I didn't want to be around violence or anything sketchy, because my house was like that, so I just wanted to, I just wanted to ask him tons of questions, and skate with him, and be, be part of that world, you know, it was a skate shop, so I was like, you guys are doing the coolest fucking thing ever, and they were, like, great role models to me, even though they weren't perfect, but they were just, like, people that try, and loved what they were doing, and, like, were trying to grow it together, and, um, so, yeah, and, uh, But then World Industries reached out to me, and they basically were like, and it was two dudes that had been in skating a long time and had history and, like, people respected, and I did. And they were just like, yeah, we'll turn you pro. So got the boards. I had a couple shoes. I had, like, um, two shoes. I had a mid-top and a low-top, and uh, and then the recession hit. And uh, there goes my pro title. There goes, which the title never meant anything to me, but, like, I still like the idea that, like, This brand, like they don't want to invest in skateboarding anymore because business isn't good. That they're gonna strip me of my being pro, you know? Like that kind of irked me because I was like, the only reason why I consider myself pro is because I had done it so long and I had tried to give back to skateboarding as much as I could by like spreading the hype, the stoke, by like, by getting people to like go on trips and like just. I always want to give my homies the free stuff I had. Like I shared everything I had. And with everyone, even my family, it became something I was very proud of is like, I've earned this position, you know, I wasn't given to me because I wasn't like naturally great. I just ab- obsessive and like, didn't I, you know, my style, your style gets better with age, you know, like, but I worked for it. I worked for it all, you know, so that happened, that happened and world had to let me go. And then um, I started my own brand, all I need, which which the idea was just like, I started thinking, I'm like. If I can't find a way to make a living off of my needs, like, off of things I need, which is, like, they're very modest, you know, like, then we're not in America anymore. America, like, I'm like, that should be, anyone could aspire to make a living off of their needs, you know? Like, our needs are modest compared to what they spend the fucking billions on, uh, war and destroying, giving us fucking fake healthcare and, like... Whatever you want to call it. You know what I mean? Like uh, locking people up. Like they found a good way in this country. I've always been dissentful because of I've come from the projects and a broken family and I've never been a winner of the economy or so like to me I've always been like these ain't no one's looking out for me. There's fucking poison all around and they say they're selling it like it's fucking little kid shit and like there's oh, so we're
1: like in America. Like so, it's like, you know, the most the the, the most the richest you know, one of the richest countries in the world, and yet our poverty, like, the ratio is just so crazy, you know? In, in
0: America, you have the freedom to be wrong and make money off of being wrong, and that's, that's freedom. That's what happens when you have freedom, you know? Like, um, the most powerful people and greedy people, because they want it enough, they'll go at it long enough, they'll accumulate it, and then that, you know? So, like, it's a double-edged sword, no?
1: <laughs> I, I mean, um, speaking of, like, I, I just, I also want to give, it like, a huge shout out to our writers because, you know, a lot, a lot, like we hear a lot like, oh, well, you guys didn't pay your writers, you know, you, you guys didn't da, 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 and it's like what people don't know is that, you know, in the beginning when they were losing their other sponsors, when the recession was hitting, um, um, their, their other sponsors were actually cutting them, you know, and in a lot of instances, you know, we actually were, um, increasing their pay to compensate for what they were losing, you know, with their other sponsors, you know, and so we wrapped up this crazy credit card debt, you know, to, to keep, you know, kind of to keep shelter them, you know, to, to take care of them. And, you know, we ended up getting backed up against the wall and, and when it came down to it and I had to tell them like, we can't, you know, we got to start cutting your pay and stuff. And I, you know, talked to every single one and they were like, do what you got to do. You know, we've got your back. You know, the most important thing for us is that consolidated continue. So we were like, like, I mean, I have to give them huge props. and, And because, because luckily, I mean, I guess maybe they saw like, okay, they tried to do what they could and now it's, you know, our turn, you know, and, and like, I just couldn't speak highly enough of them.
0: Yeah, that's good to hear because like all my riders, I tell them a lot of them are, you know, younger than me, not by much. Some of them aren't, but I tell them, I'm like, I'll try to help you as much as I can, you know, and we can grow this thing together. And the more skills you gain, the more you like grow and and keep going. And if we all keep going in the same direction, like maybe we could earn something that, you know, we could live off of and and do good for skateboarding and create the events, create the content, create the product, get the art out there, like have it turned into creations like you were saying. And like, uh, you know, but it depends, you know, everyone has to work together, you know? Yeah.
1: So like, you know, the, the crew that we have now and it's just like, you know, we just consolidated, yeah, it's had its fair share of drama and stuff, but like, like I couldn't be more appreciative of, of the, the people that have, you know, stood by us. Alan and Karma and Bailey and Roberto, you know, those are the OGs, you know, and then we've got, you know, David Sanchez from, from Spain and DeMarcus um, James now too and um, Mike Peterson and like you know, it's like they, um, you know, they, I, we owe them a lot too for for sticking by us. You know, and and I just want to really give a huge shout out to them because they're they're a huge part of the pie.
0: Yeah, one hundred percent. And that that kind of leads us into like the that that kind of reflects on them because this the the fuck Nike and that that stance on uh, something to be that bold with it for them, like, you know, that could hinder their skate career. So for them to understand that and still be like, no, this is what we're backing, this is what we're backing, that's admirable. Yeah, uh,
1: yeah, no, We. I feel very, very lucky. You know, I hear stories about, you know, other teams and stuff, and, and like, I just, every time I just think of our riders and I go, oh, my God, like, like uh, they're all godsons, you know, they're just all the sweetest, Guys, you know, you see them they're all tough and this and that, but I, I guess being a girl, I just see a different perspective and they're so respectful and they're so, they're just amazing.
0: Yeah. I, every,
1: single, every single one of them is I love them.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. I do have, I do have, uh, comments. These are comments from Instagram and I'm going into this cause some of the wording on these are like kind of dis, um, not attached to everything we were just talking about. They don't know all the history in the story. But I figured I'd read these comments and maybe you guys could... If you want to say something, you can. If not, you can... Whatever. I don't care. Um, <laughs> this one's a little disrespectful, but I have to ask it just out of comedy sake. Is they're saying who smoked more crack, Andy Roy or Jake Phelps. So I don't know if either of them do, but that's still... To me, it's, it's funny, but...
1: <laughs> I, that because... I- know i don't know jake that well um i would say that andy has smoked a lot of crack um but i you know i, I don't know about jake
0: <laughs> yeah okay next one ask a- him <laughs> gnarly yeah, i want to back to andy roy a little bit the thing that was bu- bugging me was that about that situation was He totally just, like, you went up to him, you know? Like a person to a person, and he just stuck to his gun. Even though I feel like he knew he was wrong in a sense, you know? Like, he knows the story, right? Do you think he just chose to ignore certain parts of the story? Just because he wants to have an opinion about something? Because it's weird... The reason why I'm prying about this is because he did have like a camera crew with him and like he was acting you know like i've been thinking about andy i've been thinking about andy and i don't know him and i hope to meet him maybe you know, he'll be nice to me probably not if he listens to this but um that's fine
1: I, I think a lot of um yeah like like i read um you know people were saying you should just you should have just let it go you should have let it go and it's like i get that argument like if it just happened once you know, but it's happened so many times over the years that we had an opportunity to finally go and be like, because I mean, in front of the camera, I, I, I sat there and I was like, Andy, here's your chance to tell the entire world why we suck and give them all the reasons. The camera's yours. Nothing. Do, no. You know, and he, he threw out the Jesse Pius story and we're like, okay, what else? What else? He just said, "I ride, I fucking ride for Jason Jesse, fuck Consolidated," and then he said, "fuck Antihero." And I remember going, "Why would you say that about a company that has taken you out of the gutter so many times? You know, like how how could you say that? You know, and like, are you that much of an ingrate? You know, like I get this whole Andy Andy show and everything." But, like, to say that, like, was just, and then bragging about, like, how much more he's stolen than they know of, and, like, but then back to that day, you know, I mean, I sat there, and I, I, straight up, you know, like, Steve and I were not in his face at all or anything, we're like, tell the world why Consolidated sucks so bad, give all the reasons you've got, and he ended up running away, yeah. you know? and, um, and so it was like, so, and, and so it's funny, because, after he left, then they interviewed Steve and me just uh-huh. on our own, just talking about it. did put,
0: did they? Put that in there? Uh,
1: no, no, none of it got put in.
2: No, and, and at the same time, too, like, like before they, they want you to sign this thing, right? And I'm like, you know, you know, I don't know that I want to sign this thing, like glorifying this dude or whatever. And they're like, no, no, you know, there's so many people that feel the same way as you do, and
1: like, believe us, there's so many people, and 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 I was ready to, because I was like how bad can they portray this? I mean, I just saw what went down. Like, there's no way that, that it can be portrayed so bad. Like, give me, job, give me the paper. I'll sign it right this second, you know? Yeah. And, and so, you know, yeah, they were telling us, like, you know, hey, there, you don't know how many people feel the way you do. Totally, like, made us feel at ease, you know? I was like, but somehow we were the only ones that made the cut. <laughs> of all those people.
0: <laughs> yeah. It went to the Andy story. It doesn't fit with his narrative.
1: And I get, I get what they're saying, you know, like if it's just some guy just spewing, no big deal, what he said about NHS, no big deal, haha. one side of the story. But it's because we had been hearing this, oh my God, for years that we were like, and I also had this thing that I wanted to say to him, you know, from years back that I was like, hey, I've got an opportunity. He's right in my backyard. Yeah, I'm going to go talk to him. I'm going to see what he, I'm going to see why he hates us. I want I want to hear it. Like I legitimately wanted to hear why he hated us so bad. You know?
0: Yeah. Crazy.
1: And,
0: <laughs> yeah, I was like the whole time I was just like it just seemed like someone who was careless with their words and then didn't want to back them up. And I other people I was reading online people
1: Oh, sorry. And then you know, it's so funny because you know, everyone's you know, saying that, that, that Steve is a bully and Mike from Skidmark who had called us is a bully and this and that. It's like, but wait, who's the one that started this? And who's the one that went into, you know, Mike's base and said Consolidated sucks and this and this and this? is. It's like, we just want to, you know, to call him out on it and be like, okay, why do we suck? Like, so who's, who's the one that was trying to be the bully? You know, it's like Steve's not going to, you know, I've known Steve for over 30 years and I've never seen him get in a fight. You know, it's like he's—he's he's just not one of those guys. I mean, he's like twice the size of Andy. You know, he's waiting for Andy to throw the first punch. You had, you had some know? restraint. Yeah.
2: Right? <laughs> I wasn't gonna—I wasn't gonna punch him, you know, unless he threw the first punch. It would have been like, you know, i, I yeah, I would have been a bully, I think, if I—if I, yeah. if I had attacked the dude. But you know, I just was giving him the chance. Like, you know, you talking shit. Let's hear like, it. If you're
0: gonna back it up, then go ahead, swing. Well, I'm glad, I'm glad you guys went and confronted it. It does seem petty to do that, but I don't think so. Especially this day and age where people are watching like online, they're watching people kick each other in the balls and fucking reckless, like stupid shit that goes viral, and then kids are emulating it. and People are, and like Andy Roy, I don't know the guy, but like I can tell he's kind of reckless and he does some crazy shit, and he's entertaining to watch. And there will be a lot of people that will believe everything he says, even if he's just being careless for entertainment purpose. It's
1: funny because uh, because this was really, actually, I, I started laughing. Was, um So, you know, all of a sudden, you know, you start getting all this hate mail, you know, and messages and comments, and this one totally made me laugh was, you know, they I, I started having someone, like, kind of defending our side, and they were going back and forth with this one person. And finally, that one person was like, well, I'm just on here because I was instructed to do so. <laughs> I just started laughing like, are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, asshole. <laughs>
1: like, this is a joke. Alright,
0: alright, I'm going to go forward with these comments, alright? Yeah. Alright, Birdo, this one I saw a couple times. Uh, they're saying you can't grind. I think they're misunderstanding this.
2: Yeah, I, you know, I, I think he was just trying to... Childish blow at me, you know, like uh, when, when he was when he was t- talking to Mike and said, you know, fuck all fuck Burdo, he can't he can't even grind Derby. Derby, fuck. yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. So yeah, no, it's bullshit.
0: Yeah, and now people interpret that as you not being able to grind at all. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, grind, grinding is like pretty much uh, the first thing you learn <laughs> skateboarding. So. Uh,
2: <laughs> Yeah, I lived. I lived right by Derby, and that was my that was my home park. So
0: yeah, that did seem like a childish blow. <laughs> and I know there's an army of dudes out there that will believe you can't grind unless you know we say have this conversation. <laughs> All right, next one. Ask them how they feel about the whole sheep ass industry fucking hating them because of a dumb show on Vice. Consolidated is tight back in the day. How do you feel about that?
1: Well, again, that goes back to what I had just said, was that someone just got on my uh, Instagram and said, well, I just told was told to get on here. I was instructed to get on here, so that's why I'm here. So, you know, it's sad that people can't think for themselves, you know? I think, you know, you'd think you'd at least do your research a little bit, you know, instead of going in blindly. But at the same time, again, if that's the way people want to live, like... Let them live
0: that way. <laughs> well, I think he—I think he means like in a sense of like, how do you feel about? Oh yeah, exactly. You're right. You're nailing. It. I'm sorry. I miss—I misunderstood. Yeah, that's how I, they feel. They—they feel that way because the vice show. Exactly. I read it wrong.
2: <laughs> I think—I think earlier too when when you were talking about what we think about social media and you know, I think it—it's—it's it's just part of it. You want—you want un un. Stoppable freedom of speech; it comes along with it. So you know, you just got to accept it and, and yeah. I'm cool with that.
1: Yeah, you know, and, and we're not going off of that. Like we're not here to try and convince the haters of anything. You know, like they can they can hate all they want. We're, we're not trying to win anyone over. We're just here more for um, the support for our supporters, and hopefully reaching out to them and so they can see that, that we really are who they think we are. And, um, really that's, you know, to us, like people are saying, Oh, don't worry. Any publicity is good publicity and this and that. It's like, I could care less about that. You know, I just, I just want the truth out there, yeah. you know, that, that's it, you know, whatever else people want or more interested in, you know, so we had that's their lives.
0: Yeah, whenever, time, anytime you take a stand and you draw a line in the sand, there's always going to be people that want to be like, fuck you about it, you know what I mean? And,
1: and, and, it should, and it should be expected, you know, it's like, because then all of a sudden you want, you want the herd to be behind you if you can't take other people's opinions, you know, so it's like, no, it, you know, it's all, all fair in love and war, you know? <laughs> yeah,
0: there should be a stress test too to see if you guys really believe, you know, like... Just don't take everything at face value, especially nowadays. People can say whatever and then do the opposite, you know? That's how things are sold and compromised all the time, you know? It's good to, like, have a little stress test in your bubble. People like to live in a bubble, though. We all do. (laughs) Uh, Okay, we'll keep going. Uh, Ask them, uh, wait, wait, wait. Are you guys going on tour? Do you plan to do any skate tours?
1: Well, we had, um, we had uh, Roberto and David come out um, this summer, and so they did, like, a lot of day tours, but they were so slammed, like, in making and doing our latest video, Never Say Never, that, like, I remember um, Roberto and David telling me at one point, they're at the skate park, Roberto is filming DeMarcus skate, and David is on the, in the corner with the computer editing the video, like, that's, like, how tight on time they were, you know, and so... You know, we, we were talking about doing a tour with when they came out, but it's just, there was no time. But um, they went, hit them, and Bailey went to Japan, like, um, I don't know, maybe a year ago, and stuff. So, um, you know, we just, you know, do what we can. We'd love to do a U.S. tour, you know, but just the way things are right now, and, you I'm know. save up some money.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah, that's what people were saying is they, I remember seeing a comment online, people were like, oh, they came through, they hear so-and-so and it was fucking awesome and see what they're doing. A lot of people are concerned if you're giving back to skateboarding and doing events or like, how are you doing it, you know?
1: Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: That's good to yes. know. <laughs> Having mm-hmm. a skate team is like the, the way you do it. You have a skate team and then you travel and you guys create the videos and like. It all goes right. back into feeding yeah. to the art, which you can put on the boards and sell, and maybe you can do the more trips. And...
1: Yeah, exactly. You know, you know, we flew them out, you know, which is not cheap from Europe, and um, you know, I, you know, put them up here, and you know, it's like, but they are super appreciative of everything all the time. That it just doesn't even—it's just a team effort, you know, and. So, yes, we would love to do more. We yes. would love it, but we're just strapped. And if that if we ever get the opportunity, yes, that is in the cards.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. And that's cool that they were willing to, like, put out that whole content because that's what you paid for. You paid for those memories and uh, on digital, but also your friends are hanging out with you too, which is priceless. So it's like, yeah, let's invest in that for sure, right?
1: We got Carm out here and Bailey, and, like, we all got to hang, got to hang together. We did an airbnb down in long beach and it was just all of us hanging out together and it was just like priceless you know making dinners like we were all like we don't even want to go out like so we would just make dinner at the home and just hang out drink beers and it was mm-hmm. rad it was Sick. super fun
0: all right i'm gonna get through some more of this all right um serious question ask them since the debut of consolidated do they believe they have impacted the industry or at least informed the youth
2: yeah. I mean, for sure. And I think that's that's part of what like inspires at least me personally, but probably Letitia, too is to keep going, you know. It's like when you get emails and and you get stuff from people that are like believe in what we're doing and they're backing it. It's like for us for us that's the fuel. Like more more so than than financially, you know. Financially let's financially just means we can do more shit and try to get the message out more. Uh, but but that's actually that's the reward is, is is the feedback that you get from people and
1: just having like a dumb dude army that's all around the world you know and, t- and giving us letters to you know to motivate It's because you know through the years of course we're getting beat down you know like when especially when Nike was on top of their game and, and like you know we, we were the black sheep you know and to have people just be like just keep doing what you're doing you know and we support you hundred percent and for them to take the time out to to send us that like is huge. Like that they even took the time to, to write us that. Like they didn't need to do that. Yeah, you know? they
0: they just felt it for sure. They appreciated it.
1: Yeah, it's very appreciated for sure. So yeah, yeah, so we feel, you know, you know, we, we, we feel that there there are there is youth out there that that that, that can relate to what we're saying.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. That's good to, to have to feel that way that you've had an impact with your efforts because it's not without risk and time and money and effort. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay, I'm gonna keep going. What about what kind of heat did they get from other companies in the early days when they had a rider get sponsored by other companies so they used the free decks to put their graphics on?
2: Oh, uh, yeah, that was a joke we did in a video where, uh...
1: Kings of Promotion.
2: Yeah, Kings of Promotion. And at the end, uh, we did, like, this skit kind of work. I'm like, yeah, t- get your best writer and dress him up to look like...
1: And you had got Alan.
2: Yeah, Alan. <laughs> it's like, dress him up to look like nobody that you know. You know? <laughs> and then you put together a sponsor me tape, and you send it to all these different companies. Right? And then I pretend like I was on the phone, you know, talking like I was, I was the writer, and, and to tell them my sizes of shirts and what kind of boards I would ride. Then so the product would come, and then we'd paint our logo over it, and it was like, you know, how to start how to start your skateboard company without anybody.
1: And it was a total, total joke. Like, it, yeah, it never was, happened. <laughs> Not close.
0: That's sick to play that out, though. That's hilarious.
2: Yeah, it, it, it was a good idea.
1: <laughs> Who knows? Maybe someone used it. <laughs>
0: Yeah. for sure for sure i have people troll me like there's been some people that have come up with some email that sounds so good i'm like i'll risk it just to send some boards like one time can't remember what it was but i was like it's only a couple boards i'll send it and i'm pretty sure like it didn't get to where it was supposed to be and someone just got free boards you know like <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> what's that the
2: brand scam skateboards it? and yeah. it's painting over of-
0: <laughs> Dude, I see it on Instagram. I see these weird accounts that are like telling kids they can get free skateboards. And I'm always very wary of this shit. I'm like, they're not going to give you anything for free without some sort of scam. Like, but I see it. <laughs> that... All right. Someone wants to let you guys know they're setting up a GoFundMe to raise some prize money for a boxing match with him and Andy. So
2: the money goes charity,
0: I'm in. You're in. <laughs> It's gonna to go to um, pets. We're gonna help animals. Okay. <laughs> um. Okay. We already asked about Scott Bourne, t- t- t, aka Black Armed and Dangerous. He never blacked out the cube tattoo? Question mark.
1: Not as far as I know. No.
0: Nice. <laughs> Check. Also, one of the this person wants you to call Jason on the phone. and Ask him any of the old team rod. This guy's just bitter, so I'm just gonna. It is what it is. We already covered that, you know? Um, another person says, Birdo should be thanking Andy Roy. If it wasn't for an epically related episode, no one would know the shitty company still existed. That, I seem was, like, a lot... That's, like, kind of harsh... Like, it seems like too much invested as someone just angry for whatever reason. But what's Volterra 2.0? That's what I was curious about. What's Volterra?
2: I have no idea.
0: I don't know. Oh, I'm gonna have to look that one up. Check. I thought maybe you guys knew. I thought maybe that was, like, an old company I didn't know about. Yeah. No, yeah, I don't know
1: that
0: one. All right, question. When are you going to re-release the OG BS Drunk Highs or Lows Best Shoe Ever?
1: Aw, thank you. Whoever said that?
0: (laughs) That was Brothers Skateboard Co. Aw, tell them thank you.
1: Well, thank you, Brothers Skateboard Co. Um, You know, with that, with the whole shoe thing, um, you know, because we're doing it on our own, um, you know, we, we're just kind of doing it like, you know, one or two shoe, you know, models at a time. And if people keep asking for them, we'll keep doing them. But like, um, it's a big investment. And so that we don't have, so we're just kind of going with the flow and seeing where it goes, you know?
0: Yeah. I got a lot of questions about the shoe thing. They wanted to know why the banana and why didn't you just make like a, just a different looking shoe without the banana. They were like curious if you were going to take what you're trying to do, if you're going to get serious about the shoes or there was a lot of questions like that.
1: We have those same questions. <laughs> yeah. No, we, we have the same question. We, you know, we have, we don't have a direction or a marketing plan or anything. I mean, it's just, we're just what we feel at the time is what's going to happen.
2: And we're just focusing on trying to make it, make them the best quality as possible. And, yeah. So that's what we're, what we're doing.
0: And what yeah. about what about the banana? Is that like, because you had to decide to do that, knowing that it's like not, yeah. ev- not everyone's going to be attracted to a big yellow banana on the side.
1: Yeah, that was in response to Nike.
0: Just that, like, bold statement, for sure. <laughs> yeah,
2: it was fun. It's, it's fun, and we knew that it wasn't necessarily going to be mainstream. And, but, you know, this goes back to the thing of you know, are you making it for you and because you love it and you want to have fun? And
1: yeah, it was, or, it was more fun, you know, like, let's do something funny. Yeah.
0: That's good. Did you move enough of them to make it worth it? Yeah. Sure. Awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a good feeling, too, because then it sucks if you take a loss. So you take a risk and then you take a loss, but...
1: Yeah, yeah we couldn't afford it to take a loss. We would have been bummed. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> but, uh, no, it worked out.
0: Yeah, hell yeah. Uh, and it definitely made an impact. Whether people like the shoe or not, like, I, people talk about it, you know? Right. Uh, ask him if he actually does jump people or only threatens it because he's a little bitch. <laughs> uh, some of these I just left on so I could read them and, like, laugh again later.
1: Like, you can answer them.
0: <laughs> Go ahead.
2: Uh, uh, I'm, not, I'm not down to, to jump people, but if, uh, if if somebody swung on me, I'm going to defend myself for sure.
0: Yeah, I had that conversation after that, um about that. I was like, if someone touches you, you should definitely defend yourself. That's like the line I feel. You feel that way?
1: Oh yeah, yeah. No, he he, yeah, he, for sure. he won't bow down, but he's not gonna instigate it.
0: Yeah. He,
1: so I, I if I were a guy I would I would not want to get in a fight with him.
0: <laughs> no, nah, he looks pretty big. You look pretty big. How tall are you? Uh, six foot nice well wow, you looked a lot taller six foots not as big as I thought I was thinking like six three six four
2: i was i was a little chunkier in the in the the video i think too i had just about a six month uh, uh, back surgery rehab so i was getting like minimal minimal exercise and a lot of donuts
1: <laughs> i remember i remember when we after we saw it the first thing out of his mouth was I looked fat
0: in there. <laughs> and you might have had a shot, dude. If he knew about the back surgery and knew that you were... <laughs> one. Because <laughs> I, I was watching and I was like, dude, if you just looked big and healthy and like maybe a little tubby, I didn't recognize that, but maybe. And uh, he just looked like his teeth were falling out and he was like, if you hit him, I just like, that would have been bad for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Good, that question drags something fun out. <laughs> um, Took One Cottage says, How the fuck has Birdo survived for so long in the industry? Much respect. What do you think it is that makes you guys... Because how long has Consolidated been in business now?
1: Wait, um, we're going on 26 years in March.
0: Holy shit. Yeah, I
1: know. We still feel like babies it's crazy uh
2: you know i think we just try to work within our means and um uh, and money is not the top priority so you know we're we're good at we're good at working within our means and and can downsize and kind of expand as necessary and so yeah that's that's how we did it is you know if, if
0: it had been all about money we'd have been out a long time ago yeah so Cause with all, when it, <clears throat> it feels like when that money comes, it can almost, it could turn into work, you know? Like if you hit a certain level, it's going to become like numbers. If you get enough people involved in like, you know, a lot of people want success and fame and thing. And I'm like, it's like, it's a growing process. Like if you get the flower right away, you might not be able to handle it. Like <laughs> we need to like build our up to this, you know, like it's funny. That's why I was like, people are gonna hit the lottery and they're not gonna know what to do. They're gonna get give the money right back to the same shit they got it from. Right, right. Yeah. Nice. How do you feel? You guys have survived. You feel the same way?
1: Um. Yeah. There. I, w- I wouldn't be here um if I didn't truly love Consolidated. Like I I couldn't. You know. Like um the love for Consolidated is what has kept me here. You know, it's, it's like, yeah, I have my MBA, you know, yeah, I could go, you know, we live in Silicon Valley and, you know, and if it came down to it and, and I needed to go find a job in Silicon Valley and make more money, at least we could still keep Consolidated going, you know? And I think that, that, you know, because I've been the one that, that has had the relationships with, you know, all the suppliers and, and shops and stuff that they would understand, you know, and, and, you know, I just tell them, you know, this is the deal, and we could keep it going, you know, like, if it's it's consolidated is not something that, that we're like, okay, we're done, you know, I'm going to go find another job, it's like, no, I'm going to find another job so consolidated can keep going.
0: Hell yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I feel the same way. Yeah. It's something worth investing in, you know, whether it ever pays out or not, even though it does, like, in memories and people and, like... Everything, skateboarding gives back more than, you know, gives more back than anyone gives back to it. So, it's, like, amazing. Like, it's awesome. That's awesome. And it's funny because, like, I always think, like, what you guys are saying isn't that extreme because I'm just, like...
1: Yeah, you can relate, right? You're like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, like,
0: skateboarders (laughs) should do this. And, yeah, people should draw lines and there should be, you know, like... It shouldn't be all one way cuz then it'd be shitty. If it was all street league or all something, I wouldn't want a skateboard, you know? Like
1: That's funny cuz you know, we don't look at other companies and see what they're doing or this, you know, we just really when we spend time like talking about stuff, we really just talk about what is what do we want to do with consolidated? You know, like it's like it's just that's just that's just you know, us like we just are into what do we do with what do we want to do with consolidated? You know, like not what's this guy doing What's this company, you know, whatever. It's like, oh, this would be kind of cool. OK, yeah, let's do it. And that's kind of a, another cool aspect of having a small company is like we don't have that bureaucratic, you know, red tape. You know, it's like if if we want to do something like it can happen that day. Yeah. yeah. And And, you know, depending on money and everything. But like, that's awesome. Like, I love that.
0: You yeah. know, why do you why do you think people get mad at what you guys do?
1: Um, I
2: don't know. I, you know, sometimes I think they just. Don't I,
1: we're controversial, you know. I'm not saying we're not some cookie cutter company. You know, we're yeah. not like go with the flow. You know, we we have our opinions. You know, and then maybe that's why they get aggro with us because they disagree with us. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Maybe, you know. Yeah,
2: maybe our perspective's wrong, but you know, if I feel like that, when people see it from our perspective, they get it, and if and if they don't, they they don't. And, you know, our perspective, maybe maybe it's not right. Shit, Maybe it should be all corpses that own everything, and we should all work for that. But, um, but you know, it's it's what we believe, and so we fight for it. And, and, yeah, when people get it, they get it.
0: Yeah, I've never taken any offense. I've never been, like, mad at it. I've never, if anything, I was like, yeah, yeah that's awesome. Fucking good statements. These are funny. Like, it needs to be done. Like, it just...
1: But at the very least, you know, maybe it's just kind of food for thought for people to be like, oh, I mm-hmm. guess I guess I do matter, you know, when I go and buy that skateboard. I guess it does make an impact, you know, on somebody, you know. And
0: It's on your dime, too. That's the funny thing. It's your, you guys work and you've, you know, <laughs> it's your dime. So it's like, yeah, that's a fucking good way to invest it. Congrats. <laughs> Not
2: personal either. I mean, there was years back uh, when K2 bought Planet Earth. I don't know if you remember, that was... So, Chris Miller had Planet Earth, and, and you know, and I don't judge. Like, fuck, everybody does whatever they got to do, you know? And, I, and I'm not judging anybody about that. You know, I'm thinking Chris Miller, wherever he was in his life, and he felt like, fuck, I got to sell this company. And he sold it to K2. And so I ran this ad, you know, that said... It was like this kind of a joke. investment report, you know, K2 acquires planet earth and blah, blah, blah. And, uh, and that they, you know, K2 may, makes like inline skates and skis and you know, whatever. And so, um, I wanted to let people know that that went down so that if they so chose, it can be like, okay, I'm not going to support that anymore. So or if g- they don't
1: care,
2: they don't care. I g- yeah. If they don't care, they don't care. But I wanted to at least let it be known because I felt like K2 was hiding behind planet earth. Right. And so, um, Chris Miller called me up because, uh, I sent the ad to Trans World and they, they called him and, uh, and so they didn't want to run it. But, anyways, I sent it to Thrasher also. And Chris Miller called me and he's like, what the fuck? And I said, you know, this, this is nothing personal, you know? And he's like, well, everybody already knows. So why do you got to do it? And I said, well, if everybody already knows, then, what are you worried about? And, um, and I said, hey, you know, I respect you as a skateboarder. You know, I've watched you for years, and and it's sick. I said, but um, I said, w- who signs your paycheck? What does it say on your paycheck? And he's like, K2. And I said, this is it's not about you. Yeah. There's nothing with you, you know. Yeah. And, uh, and that one kind of turned into a controversy because I remember he had told me on the phone. He's like, you know. I'm not the kind of guy that's going to, like, pull our ads or whatever. I just, you know, I think it's lame. So then I called Thrasher, and I said, he said he won't pull his ads. And so they ran it, and then all of a sudden, uh, K2, you know, hits up Thrasher and threatens to pull their ads, and Thrasher calls me back, and they're like, you fucker, you know. <laughs> and I'm like, I swear to God, he told me, like, he wouldn't pull his ads. <laughs> but, you know, that's, that's the fear, you know, and I get the mags. The mags... You know, sometimes don't want to run stuff because it puts them in a weird spot, and I get it. But but at the same time, it's it's frustrating when it's like, well, fuck. You know, how do you let people know? I think people want to know this, and you
0: know, <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. It makes me think. I actually going back to what we were talking about before was uh, you asked about my shoe, and I yeah. I have a shoe for World Industries again, which is uh, crazy because you know awesome a different company bought up world industries they acquired it and uh, this guy reached out to me and he was like asked me because i guess he saw the trail i left with world which was like kind of cool and uh he asked me about it and was like oh do you know why world like basically why do you why is world awesome and would you want to like be involved again and that was to me i was like i already had my own skate brand i'm working a nine to five like doing both i have everything i need you know um yeah so with the shoe with world they came back to me and um th- the people that were in charge I I just like they needed me basically they needed someone who loved the world industries brand and I do I love the world brand it was like I see the legacy in world industries and all the people had you been with them um oh man it was like five or six years we did a lot we did a lot to add Um, but I'm gonna be honest, like, I'm just relearning the history now about, like, where it was pioneered and all of that. I've been, uh, through my podcasts and other ways, I've been digging to get the people on to, um, hear the history and all the, everything behind it, you know? Yeah. It's so complex. It's a -a one-of-a-kind brand, you know? And, uh, but yeah, I got a chance. They said they'd give me a shoe and I could be the brand manager, and, um... I was like, sick, it seems like a a really awesome opportunity to try to build off of, and keep this legacy going, because I I almost feel like I have to, because I know more about, like, why people like World than they do at some point, you know? like. I don't know. I love the characters. I know everyone loves the history of the skate side and stuff, but the fact that World has those three characters, you can tell any story with. And I love art, too, because when I was a little kid, I just loved drawing and animations and cartoons. And, like, to me, that was the side that got me sparked on World. And then you start to hear about the stories and all the characters. And, I mean, it's... It's awesome. It's, like, so rich of a brand, you know? And now I have the opportunity to build a team. I'm sponsoring this kid, Kevin Clem. He's from here. He's exceptionally good at skateboarding, and he's a fucking dork, which is awesome, you know? And uh, we're just trying to do cool stuff with that as well.
1: A side note, I've heard, like, you know, I've, I've talked to shops and stuff and, and, you know, telling them that we're going to do a podcast with you. And you have a really, like, supportive following. Like, I haven't heard one bad word about you, which is, which is awesome. I, I yes. try
0: I try to be transparent and honest about everything, and, and sometimes, you know, I, I make mistakes too, as we all do, you know, but the intentions are what matters, and if we keep getting better, you know, and business is long, and communities, you learn and meet more people, and we can grow, and it's like, the healthier our skate community is, the better, and that comes with conversation, you're talking about brands and skate shops, these are family, these are people that love skateboarding and love each other because we see each other all the fucking time. Like, I love community. Skateboarding is beautiful in that sense. And uh, you were saying it earlier about you want everyone to skateboard. They could be a kook, a mall grabber. Like, I feel the same way. I want skateboarding to enrich as many people's lives as it can, you know? I've always been like, you know, let them... You know, if if jocks want to be in skateboarding, fine. If the corporate people want to be in it, fine. But they, no one can have a, a monopoly. You know, because then you box up the art, and then it comes becomes stupid, and like it's too controlled, and it becomes a juggling act for money and points, and that's boring, and that's not why we skateboard, or that's not why skateboarding. There's a rich side of skateboarding that has nothing to do with that. Yeah. So we have to defend those things. You know, that's that's why I called it all I need, the brand, because it's like. We have to defend our needs, like things we need in our lives, we have to defend them and draw a line and not let someone take it away, you know? You don't have to put down other people's needs or whatever, but you do have to watch. They'll take your needs away. <laughs> you'll Next thing you'll know, you'll be living some lie where you're like trying to chase a million dollars and you have a cocaine habit and you're fucking crashing housing bubbles and who fucking knows? It's all a compromise somewhere and it's just tragic to me. I'd rather see us grow and prosper, you know?
1: Name for a skateboard
0: company. Thank you. Uh, thank you. And um, it's a reminder to me, is like just focus on my needs because then we can grow past the needs. You know, you can. With my, my, my mom, I lost my mom, and her problem was she never realized that if she just took care of herself, she'd have everything, you know, and she always fell apart because of trauma and violence, and she did drugs to kind of run. And it's one of those stories. And to me, I'm like, I, I was told her that. I'm like, if you just focused on yourself, like, just take care of your own emotional needs and your own everything, like love yourself, forgive yourself, you know, like that first, then you could take care of a family, you know. But I, I never faulted her because like she went through some shit that a lot of girls go through where like real bad things happen and it's like hard to, it might it seems impossible to ever get over, you know a lot of odds, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel like a survivor as well. That's why I like admire what you guys have done and what you built. It's I'm glad it's alive in skateboarding, and it should be because I would hate to have to juggle to make to have any sway in skateboarding or any any participation, not even numbers or anything. Just if I had to fit into some other mold because it's so cool and they controlled everything, that would suck. Like skateboarding should be for everybody, right? Like, yeah. And it uh I feel like, you know, that's why we have to test the boundaries and see where our freedom are. <laughs> we gotta go to those lines and figure out where they are so we can all live together, maybe. Figure out a balance in the whole fucking thing. Yeah, yeah. Um yeah. let me make sure I didn't I got it all. Someone's back in you right there, that's a nice one. Oh here we go. Oh, the Olympics. That was another thing. So, that's crazy. How do you guys feel about the Olympics? Because it's coming, right? No matter, it's going to happen, right? 2020? Uh-huh. I don't like it. Say it again. I don't like it, but, uh, you know, I mean, on, on
2: one hand, I think it's great for the, the, the people, but I feel like it's one of those kind of um, corporate money-grab things, and they use the athletes, you know, like, one, one thing that annoys the fuck out of me is that the gold medals, they're they're not solid gold.
0: Oh, shit. <laughs> what are they, chocolate?
2: No, I think they're just, like...
1: You're all peeling off the, <laughs> the tinfoil.
2: <laughs> they're just, like, coated in gold.
0: Oh, bullshit, know? yeah. So it's just really just, like, symbolic, and, and I feel like...
2: Okay, so... And a lot of the athletes, they have to pay their own way. They get these GoFundMe's so they can they pay their way there. The Olympics is nothing without all these people, you know. But they pay their way there. And, and, and here's these people just making so much fucking money off airing it all and everything. And then, yeah, maybe these, these people can get a couple endorsements or something from corporate America. But it's like you win a gold medal. The thing's not even solid gold. <laughs> at least, the th- at least they could fucking make it solid gold. So, so you get oh, I got fifty grand. Like wh- even like what's that for? Winning a gold medal in the Olympics. Yeah, and you get, get a trophy. If it's like you know, they they just gold coat them to save money. Like, but who's fucking saving the money? Well, don't skimp on these athletes.
0: Yeah, well, make not- it something special for sure. It's the Olympics. Go for it.
1: <laughs> thing right too. It's like. Like people can't, you know, they have to wear the swoosh. Like they can't even wear their own sponsors, you know, when they're when they're out there. And it's like, why? Yeah. You know, because, and 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 it's like, what was that clause that that? One yeah, there's some
2: clause was, where if you know, say you were going to be in the Olympics, you can't talk about any of your sponsors. You can't like,
1: mention all I need
2: a, a I week before or a week after, and you have to wear
0: their shit. Wow, are they gonna?
2: They'll sue you, even like if you do.
0: Are they gonna yeah. wear like unit? Are they gonna wear like uniforms and shit? I think so. You well,
2: I, I think,
1: I think they'd have to, right? You have to go along with the whole the Olympics thing, right? I mm. mean, well, you know, what 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 do snowboarders do?
0: I don't know. I don't watch it. <laughs> I don't know.
2: So. Yeah. So I don't know. To me, to me, that's frustrating. My thought was like, if you're gonna if you're gonna blow this stuff out. You need to bring it down to a level that matches where skateboarding's at, right? So none of these companies in skateboarding can afford to advertise during the Olympics, right? Except, for, but those are those are the players that create the whole thing, you know. So so why does this why does this fucking corporate thing get to just take yeah. skateboarding and like
1: you have a you have a rider you have a rider in there, but yet all I need can't be in there anywhere.
0: Yeah, like, associated, like, they should want you to succeed, you know, because you're helping them, you're putting on the show, you're bringing the greatness, if, you know, if it's, <laughs> it's the same yeah. with, like, an artist, you know, like, the artists can't get paid nowadays, they can't, like, they have to be poor, but it's, like, everyone appreciates their art so much, you know, it's, like, strange.
2: Yeah, so, anyways, I, that's what I'm not into the Olympics, but, you know, I don't, I don't want to snatch somebody's dream, or whatever, but. It's it's
1: not my thing. It's yeah. It's it's it's, it's just all. Um, it's out of sk- I feel like it's out of skateboarders' hands. You know, and that sucks.
0: I feel like they did employ some skateboarders, right? But just it's it's that thing I was talking about earlier, where they employ skateboarders and they become just workers in a system, and they have to do whatever to make the cash, and then the cash ends or whatever.
2: They wouldn't know what the fuck to do if they didn't.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, that'd be funny, because then it would be, like, skateboarding in, like, a bobsled, like, type shit, or, like, it'd be such a weird interpretation. That'd be so funny.
2: The judges could be like, Oh, my God, radical!
0: (laughs) They're gonna do that for sure, dude. (laughs) That's funny you're saying that it's not even real gold. It's like, God damn it. (laughs) Well, no, seriously, if you went to the
2: Olympics and you won a gold medal, right? Like fuck, you can't get 50 grand or whatever the fuck, you know, the real gold's worth. <laughs> I,
0: it's, like, it's like an analogy for the American dream. It's like, it, it breaks my heart. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. Like, all of a sudden, one day, you drop it, and it just breaks in half, and you're
0: like, how did that happen? (laughs) There was no substance. There was no substance to it. That's why. It should be the American experience. We should experience those dreams, right? Our dreams are modest. Again, our dreams are modest compared to what they do with the billions and trillions of dollars of poisoning, killing, murdering, just over shit that's not even the human soul or spirit. You know what I mean? Like, I'm a, a, a... It's a... It's always broken my heart. We know... We don't have a poverty problem. We have... There's some people, but a lot of it's mental health. You know, they've been lied to, they've been sold some bullshit, and it's just like people are sold into debt for their education. Something they're supposed to better them. It's like it breaks my heart. It breaks my goddamn heart. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but totally. I'm optimistic, right? Well, we can't. What else can you be? You know, and things have progressively gotten better. We just have to like become a better version of what we were. You know. Yeah. yeah.
1: Uh, totally. No one's perfect, you know. We just gotta all realize our faults. I think that's the first step, you know. And like, look, look, look at ourselves in the mirror and be like, how, how, you know, instead of focusing and blaming other people, and just be like, okay, what can we do to to better this situation, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. Even the people in power have to do that. People in high positions need to do that a lot. (laughs) Together in some big bath or something. (laughs) <laughs> Just dump them all in there and be like, let's do it the right way and actually, like, help the only real thing we have, which is human spirit and soul. Like, the only thing that's actually... The the one... That's the, the another thing. is like, you have to take care of your own life, you know? Like, that's the one thing that we have that is ours, you know? Like, we should... In America, especially America, if we're the shining light, we should take care of people and help them and build systems that are actually good for them not just trying to sell them something not the american dream it should be the experience like stand by that i
1: yeah me too
0: um i think that's it is there anything else you guys wanted to cover any stone i didn't flip over or and if not maybe where could people check out your stuff the website what social media you're on anything you're working on etc um
1: gosh i don't know um you know, there's,
2: there's just, um... I think we covered pretty much everything. Yeah,
1: I think we pretty much covered everything, you know. we I, I'd like to also thank, you know, all, all the supporters that have stood by us throughout this whole thing and didn't get swayed for whatever reason, you know. Um,
2: we have distributors and shit that's like, you know, your stuff doesn't sell so good, but well, we're going to always carry it because... You guys are fucking rad. Seriously? You know, which, which is cool. They'll support us even though they're not making money off
0: us. And, you know, that's cool. They respect it. That's awesome. Yeah.
1: And, um, yeah, just like thank everyone around the world that, that, and, you know, I mean, writers past and present, artists past and present, um, you know, just so many people, web guys, and, um, customers like it's just uh just want to say thank you because uh without without them we would be not here
2: yeah
0: 26 <laughs> years strong yeah in yeah. something that's not very profitable it's something a labor of love but definitely worth investing every penny into
1: yeah no it's 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 just been like I, I think back to like stories and and things that have happened here and stuff and I just you know people I wish people could be so lucky you know like to to, to experience the stuff that, that we got to experience and feel the love that we got to f- that we get to feel at, at a job you know
0: yeah so sick and um the website consolidated skateboards
1: it's consolidatedskateboard.com and then um Instagram and Facebook is consolidatedskateboards right?
2: yeah and the website, though, if you put consolidatedskateboards.com, it'll take you to the site. When
1: we first, we got, we had to only put consolidated skateboard in the beginning because it's when the internet first started, and we couldn't put that last S. It was because too it was, long. It was too long. That's funny. And it stole it in the meantime, and then somehow he got it back, so.
2: Yeah.
0: Magic. Magically.
1: Here year ago.
2: Yeah, it was just recently that that
0: I got it back. What I liked about your web store was that you guys say, you know, support your local skate shop, but if you don't live near one, you know, support a skate brand online from real skateboarders.
1: Rad. Oh, good. I'm glad you saw that. Because, like, we're trying, we have this new platform, and it's like, you know, before we'd have it, like, front row and center, before you even got on there, and, you know, you'd have to read it. But, like, so I'm glad you saw that.
0: Yeah, because I feel the same way. I always tell people, like, um... You know, if they live near a skate shop and our boards are there, you know, you can get them there. Support the shop and the scene. The shops are usually the ones that throw the events, and the brands do too. And the events bring everyone together. And I've been doing a lot of filming lately. Filming is like something I really enjoy. Um, yeah. Aside, it's going off on a tangent, but that's awesome. I really like what you guys are doing, and uh, I hope we can do this again. We'll get, we'll let some life pass, and then we'll catch up again and see where things are.
1: And no. if, you're, if you're ever out in Cali, make sure to come out and, and visit us and hang out with us. And
0: we're about in NorCal, North, North yeah. right?
2: Yeah, we're about an hour south of San Francisco.
0: Nice. Yeah,
1: San
0: Jose. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, I, I think I went there back in the day. Um, yeah, if, I, if I'm ever in the area, I'll definitely come by and uh, check out the warehouse or whatever, say hi, and it'd be sick to see everything. For sure. And same, if you're ever out here... Um, boston area we have an awesome skateboard scene and community skateboarding and thriving out here like there's a lot of core shops and we do a lot of events and there's a lot of people that are um open-minded and everyone's skating i do tons of skateboard lessons and like last week and i had two different ones with two little like eight-year-old girls that were just into skating separately you know and i was like this is so sick so yeah we do a lot of cool shit out here so you guys are welcome to come check it out and I got room at my house, whatever.
1: Best tour going, and it's like you're, you're going to be one of the stops. <laughs>
0: <laughs> bring, bring Roberto out here. That would be sick. I want to skate with that dude.
1: <laughs> He'll be leading the pack, though. So don't worry.
0: I'll put He'll him be- to work. We'll go skate all around. We'll go to Boston, Providence. We'll get him skating, dude. <laughs> uh,
1: do you ever see Sid?
0: Uh, it's been a little bit. I actually had him on the show, though. <laughs> Yeah, Sid's the man. He did. Um, he he's doing good, man. And he's he threw the last two years. He threw um, a jam for Water Brothers, a big uh like come together in Newport, Rhode Island. It's pretty sick, man.
1: Right. Well, tell him we say
0: hello. I will for sure. And again, thank you guys. I appreciate this. And um, yeah, that's it.
1: All right. Thank you.
0: Thank you.